Sit back and relax as you listen to Train Kickers Podcast. I'm Dave, and along with my co-hosts Dan and Steve, we're going to take you all around the world of miniature wargaming. On tonight's episode, we're going to start a deeper dive into Titanicus, and in particular, we're going to go through the different maniples that they have, with the hope that later we'll be able to actually dig more into the rest of these books. And now, on to the show. All right, gentlemen, and how are you on this now uh, new recording night we had to do this week of Thursday night? Oh, fine. Just, you know, hanging in, painting, building, going nuts. <sighs> you know how it is. Why are you going nuts? <laughs> oh, because I decided to buy a model that I maybe uh, miss, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Underestimated its uh, size. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's a cool model. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It's a really cool model, well worth it, but Jesus, it's huge. So, Dan, uh, it sounds it sounds like you took a calculated risk, but you're bad at math. Yeah, no, it, 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 so it's, it's, it's supposed so to be how big? How big is this thing? Yeah, it's supposed to be an arch demon for thirty k because I wanted to start a corn army, or sorry, crimson fury, um, and I bought. Um, and because Forge World actually doesn't make it anymore, funny enough, they actually mm -hmm. removed it from the site right when I ordered it, when I wanted to order it. But it's a Vorgoroth the Scarred, and then basically, I um, I was gonna use it as an archdemon. Um, and it looked really cool in the photos. It's a corn, it's basically a huge corn dragon, and I was like, that's perfect for an archdemon. Just rip out the person on the top, the human on the top, replace it with a demon riding, which I did. Um, and it's gonna look awesome. I got it and I built it, and the thing is like the fucking size of a warhound. Um, the base of it is a two eighty millimeter by two ten millimeter base. Okay. Have you actually measured it itself? No, that's what it's recommended. It, 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 there's a cool little Age of Sigmar like recommended base size thing. Well, no, that's um, fine. But I mean, have you actually measured with a measuring tape the model? Oh, yeah, I'm curious no, the it's, actual it's, physical it's, size. Oh yeah. So from uh, top of the wings, the wings arch up. Not they don't like splay outward, yeah. But they kind of arch up and down. Um, from bottom of the foot to the top of the wing is fourteen inches. From head to tail, it is eighteen inches, and uh, across the wing. I'm oh, sorry, it's sixteen inches, and across the wingspan is nineteen inches. What? <laughs> Big boy. And 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 your thought is to use this in a game not a display piece to put on top of like uh, one of no, your no, cabinets first of all it's the it's an age of sigmar model um it's used in age of sigmar it's a 280 by a 280 by 210 base um he's got rules and everything um right. yeah it's a forgoroth you could look it up on the no no i know That's we've talked about him before more than just 10 inches for the base right? no 280 millimeter Hold on. Yeah, because 25 mil is one inch. Yeah. So 254 would be 10 inches. I still contend that my like favorite part is when, my, when it's Dan 11 inches. Yeah. That's big. That's, That's... It is big. I can't use him in zone mortalis. What? I'm sure you could find a spot <laughs> to deploy it. All the hallways are only like, what? Four inches wide. It's yeah, fine. I think. Come on, what's a sixty mil base? It only fits a sixty mil base. So what's a sixty mil base? And I dare you to show up with you that have. model for the event. <laughs> that is won't be painted. Um, but yeah, no, I bought it. I love it though. It's a great model. It's a great model. Like the detail on it is 
unbelievable. Um, like under every dragon scale, there's like skulls buried under. It's just it's it's hard to explain the beauty of the model, but it's also fucking large. So it's, no, it's, that's that's a big model. That's that yeah. sounds like a ton of work, and we had to try to convince you to use an airbrush on some of it if the weather was a little nicer. I still can't believe you don't have any windows in your basement. Well, I do. I just don't want to crack them. You, you don't want to open a window? Oh, God, they're so hard to open. And they're like, oh, my God, they're like they're like nailed shut. And not nailed shut, but they're just so hard to open. You, you, oh, my God. You open one window. You open one. You, you, you put a hood. You use one of the hoods, and it works fine. Ah. Just run a snorkel up the stairs and through your kitchen. It's fine. Oh, Jesus. Steve, what are you doing? Me? Oh, I'm working. Well, I'm doing good. I'm working on... Um, oh, I have an Excel sheet here that adds up the numbers. There are 380 Carthaginian models um, that I recently added to my hobby backlog in 10 mil scale because I don't like waiting for international shipping, so I figured I'd buy everything I could possibly need at once. I, I I I also took a calculated risk, and I am also very bad at math. I thought those would be like two hundred models. I put on like ten bases. It's more like twenty or thirty bases worth of infantry. This is insane. Oh, yeah. What is it? Ten ten infantry per base. Um, I'm doing twenty four per base. Oh my god! It, it's uh. Four inch by two inch base. I'm running them in a game called Warband. I think I've mentioned it before by Pendraken. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love the game. It's a fantasy battle game, but we're basically going to be playing it without mages and without flying units. And then it, it's a pretty good approximation for a historical game, honestly, because it's just straightforward like that. Yeah. So these are my quote unquote high elves. Should be fun. That does sound like fun. I'll have to teach you, Dan, you know, right after you teach me Epic. Yeah, you need to learn Epic. It's, it's all just my... tiny scales of future and past. That's all that is. I taught Dave well, Epic. Yeah. I, I taught Dave Epic on DPS. Yeah. It, it, overall, it was it was reasonably easy. Um, Some of the difficulties, honestly, are just the amount of units you can get in. The amount of special rules some of the units have, some of the differences, parts of that are very unintuitive. They're not too bad when you learn them, but when you are starting to learn it or just staring at it, the the sheet is an incomprehensible mess, you know. But it, it, that's also older 40k style where you just had a lot of special rules. So oh, yeah. and overall, it was good. It, it was fun. We we're still playing far below the points level we should have, so. Each game was a blowout, somewhat one way or the other. Um, but well, to be fair, the first game we played, you forgot like ninety percent. Oh yeah, Necrons. I forgot most of the things that I did. I forgot that, that, that... Make them Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that we come back. Um, I forgot that we're. I forget if the word is actually fearless or what word they use, but essentially fearless and all that that does. Um, teleporting, you got the hang of you got the hang of teleporting really well and portals. Yes, that well, one you got pretty well. That was a bigger bonus that was, I think it was Salt Tech I was using, that they have because they even have a rule when you teleport. Each teleport option is once per turn, 
but you can go in one and like out of the other. So you actually have a lot more mo uh, board mobility okay. where the very first game didn't do any of that. So, and I, and I brought the, the first time it was like the barbecue or whatever. One of the other things was just what, no, the Avatar, which I don't like. The, like the Aeon Sphere is much better. I, it, it's, it's, the Avatar is like really good for like tele. If you want something to pop up in the middle of the fucking enemy army and then start shitting out things, that's what you would use. But other than that, uh, I'd rather use the the what is it called the 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 Aeonic Orb. That was yeah, just the fucking, Orb. Oh my god, the just, oh my god, it, it it does a lot of good. It can put down a lot of damage. It is very survivable, and you already have so many other units that can either teleport in or um, can portal units in and all of that. You don't need one more. In my mind, yeah. I, I you know, I want to say they're in both lists. I think they're the same points. They're both like 600 points. I'd rather be able to throw down damage from range rather than one more thing for teleporting. Or sorry, for up portaling, because that's only a portal. Not teleport. But no, it's a good game. Um, at some point, maybe I'll get some stuff printed and, and try it out. But I'm still trying to accumulate normal-sized Necrons for spring break next week to sit down and work on those. That and Elden Ring. There's been no hobby progress in two weeks. It is all Elden Ring. Yeah, I've been playing Guild Wars 2, the new expansion. And you've been fishing. So, Call it as it is. I, shut up. Shut up. I have been fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fishing for hours. But I'd like to say that I've caught so many fish. Oh well, man, I've been trying to figure out. Oh, what do they? What do they call them in uh, Elden Ring? I forget what you're called, but I, I the story is the story in those games from uh, from software have always been very you know periphery or very obscure and all. This one's probably maybe a little bit more forefront, but it's still still don't is it, it's get the it. same people that make dark souls right it's yes dark, dark souls oh, yeah, no, those, bloodborne those, those that, and sekiro the lore in that is very actually but you know what i do like about it i don't know i haven't seen videos on elden ring is it still very like cthulhu-esque not i shouldn't say cthulhu but um what's the word i'm looking for uh it Eldritch is Earth? no uh even the ones before if you think of when i think of dark souls i think uh, maybe cthulhu in the fact that there are monsters and there are, you know, hidden horrors and all of that, sure. But it's really a, a somewhere be between mid to high fantasy world with a very dark tone, not only just in terms of story, like th there's literally almost no one who's ever happy. And if they are happy, they're probably super evil or something. Um, but even just the look of it itself, um, they essentially, you know, put very dark filters over the whole game. This is very similar in that nature. Um, it looks like one of their games. It doesn't exactly look like Dark Souls, but it has the overall look of a From Software game, um, or at least from their main batch, the same way that Bloodborne did, and very similar to the way Sekiro did. Um, oh, God, Bloodborne is a great game. I it, also love that game a lot. It's I, I, From people who have played more of these, I have heard that it is, in some ways, more challenging. Um, it is. Just a part of that is because as their games have went on, they've made themselves a little bit less predictable with the way that certain enemies work. So in the first one, you know, enemies moved in, you know, they all have a pattern. You can learn the pattern. You can figure out what to do about it. But they had, I think, just a little bit more of predictable patterns. You know, they weren't trying to faint as much and, and their movements were a little bit more 
easier to to predict and all. This, it feels a little bit more difficult. Now, one, it's an open world or much more open world. So, hey, if it's difficult where you are, just leave. Go somewhere else. Go run around. You have a horse. You can outrun anything on foot that I've come across. And if you're careful, you can outrun ranged projectiles as well. So go find some good weapons. Go find, you know, some things to help you level up, get stronger, then come back. You know, I'm playing a mage. Uh, I would love to do that in real life. Yeah, <laughs> it's too tough. Just leave. Just come back it's later. It's too difficult. Just die. Yep. I know um, our friend found the, um, what did he call it? The uh, Lord of the Rings Witcher set? What yeah. What did he call it? Uh, Witch King of Agamar. Witch King of Agamar, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a mage build, so I'm good if I can be away from people. If I'm in the open. Where I'm struggling right now, and not to do any spoilers, where I'm struggling right now, I'm fighting a guy in a very small room, which magic is a little bit slow to cast. At least the good spells are slow to cast. So he's on me before I can cast, so it means I have to actually, you know, get good at dodging, blocking, and trying to hit with my melee weapon. So I've been trying to up that, because I do need to get through this spot. This is a forced small battle. There are, like, tons and tons of um, bosses around, and you could avoid almost every one of them and almost every big enemy except for some this guy's a small smaller enemy but you have to fight him and it's just tried it a few times and I'm like oh, i'm just gonna come back later but next week I, like i said i have the whole week off so i'm gonna try to actually get some hobby stuff done not play Elden ring five to ten hours a day i make no promises yeah, you're not fucking. I said I wasn't gonna fish. I said I was gonna go work. I did get, finally get my war turtle from Guild Wars, and I said I I promised myself I would not use the war turtle to fish. You fished on that war turtle, aren't you? I fucking fished on the war turtle. Of course, of course you did. I did. Of course I fucking did. It's a giant turtle. It's go wait out into the middle of a lake. I just started bombing the lake. <laughs> That's the so best you way to fish. you fish like people used to do with dynamite. Where you just drop it in the water and just kill everything in a certain radius. Yeah, pretty much. That is not fishing. That is actually catching. You know. Oh, my God. Um, uh, All right. Um, did anyone do anything else? Because, like I said, I didn't do, I didn't do anything. Nope. See? No. All, right. All I do is collect my mail. There oh, jeez. Uh, upcoming stuff? Is there anything big upcoming while I mention not, not towards not towards Titanicus at least. Um I mean there's always other things in different game systems. Um and I would like to in... I'd like to start doing some other some other times where we talk about some of those. If someone's got something big we can talk about it shortly, of course. Um I'm doing a Titanicus tournament in okay. April. I'm just trying to figure out whether I'm doing it the ninth or the sixteenth. I'm leaning towards the ninth. Okay. I might actually be able to February, finally March, come out for April, one of yeah. those. As long April as the wife doesn't Ooh, have a show. That'd be dope. Yeah. So one thing I'd have to check. I don't know if she has a show that weekend, but I'll find out. Um, if you can, man, come through. Um, Dan will tell you that it's not terrible. Yeah. No, I do love... I was going to say... I Dan, think don't... You walked away. You. Talk when you get back here. Oh. There he is. Irresponsible. No, 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 I'm back. I'm back. Now no, 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 no. I, I knocked the, uh, the microphone away from my mouth. <laughs> um... Because I kind of did this. Whoops. You, you know we can't um, no, see it, right? You oh, just yeah, said no. I did this. <laughs> fucking emulating something you can't see. No, you should definitely come. I know you love Titanicus, but um, yeah. he does some really good fucking events. 
um, the space elevator one was just, it was such a good, Is that as long such as... a good event. I'm not trying to like make his head bigger, but it was really good. Is that, as long as the wife doesn't have a show that weekend, I'll definitely go. That's really what it boils down to because her, her work can be weekend based. But if not, I can easily go. Because my job has never been weekend based. Um, I mean, there's been some other other big news. If anyone follows any other games, the only other, in my mind, what would be the biggest thing? I mean, 40K, that's always the obvious stuff. You know, okay, Eldar just came out. They're talking more and more about Tyranids. They'll be the next thing out. Um, and X-Wing, they have now done their X-Wing 2.5. And they finally did something I've been waiting on forever, which is missions. It is no longer I shoot you, you shoot me, and we see who records the most points in terms of um, really? you know, kills or that's half-hole so cool. and all that. Yeah, they now have a have a set of missions. Um, they changed the way that you build squads now. You build off of... Um, now if anyone's super in X-Wing, I might get a little bit of this wrong. But um, you build off of 20 points. So what happens is you choose a ship with a pilot in it. You know, you choose a 10-nub and a B-wing. He costs X amount of points of your 20-point squad. He has a set amount of essentially upgrade points attached to him. And then that's when you go and look at your different system slots and all of that to actually give him his upgrades. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of the other rules they kept very similar. I think it's it's max seven ships, I think. Minimum is now three. Minimum used to be two. They now require you to have three ships. Aww. Uh, two ship builds, don't get me wrong, there were some very, very good two ship builds, Fahan and stuff like that in the past. But I don't think it fits the style of the game they want to see. So it makes sense. That they're trying to mold the game. Um, I have not um, gone through the I missions. Hmm? No, I said, no, no, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Yeah. I was going to add some news. Oh, yeah. I, um, I haven't gone through the missions at all. I'm actually probably getting rid of some of my more X-Wing stuff just because I have so many games. Like, I'll, I'll play it online and all. But... With all that I have, I'm just not going to get around to it much. And if I ever pick it up again, might even just do a different faction or something like that. But that's that's the only real big news. Like I know A Song of Ice and Fire, they yeah. came out with their um, new update that they did. So they rebalanced some stuff, which was greatly needed. Um, but those, I, I'd like to be able to go into more on that in a in a separate sort of thing. You said you had some sort of news, though. Oh, real quick, I just realized, before I talk about the news, I was going to talk about Games Workshop did balance, uh, send out a balance for Kill Team, which yes, was greatly did. needed, um, which I thought was really cool because what they did was they basically added an extra body or two to Kill Teams. Um, mm. You know, the, having only five Space Marines when your opponent has like a bunch of, it, it doesn't make sense, especially when you like you compare them points-wise in 40k. Yeah. But most armies basically got an extra body or an extra two bodies, which was really good. It was actually, it's actually needed. Yeah, I, um, I know yeah, Necrons have free reanimation now. It used to be a uh, one CP, I think, but now it's zero CP. Oh, well, I think it was two CP actually, but oh, it's two. Um, yeah, it's zero now. Yeah, yeah that's a really big change. But, swing. Um, GW or not GW? So the biggest thing, and since we're not sponsored by GW, I can talk about this shit all I want. But GW, if you ever been... listen, you want to sponsor us? That's absolutely fine. Yeah, you want to sponsor us, but I'm going to be talking about this shit because you're not. Um. There was some massive, massive leak, right, uh, in the 30K world where mm-hmm. someone leaked. Uh, or there, Apparently there's been a leak, not apparently, because hypothetically I may have uh, seen it. Um, the, the 30K rulebook has been leaked. 
Oh, wow. Um, yes. I know they leaked um, a lot about, like, I- I've seen tons of leaks all over the place related to what the different chapters were going to do or, or legions and all, but I didn't see the actual book. Goddamn her book. Um, and first of all, I want to point out that GW is pissed. Um, Which means it's real. Yeah, like they're fucking. They they like. I think they subpoenaed people's email. Like we're talking next level, like angry. Um, um, yeah. So, but yeah, no. Um, it's, and it's really cool because I like the fact that it's stirring up. I shouldn't say controversy, but it's stirring up a lot of discussion. Um, especially because now that you know, when you when one rumor happens, people are are suspicious. But when the same rumor pops up multiple different times, worded the same way, it gets to start be like, okay, this is definitely going to be a thing. Yeah, there's truth to um, it. And especially when there are pages that all of a sudden confirm said rumor from the book. Um, but uh, I like the fact that people are talking about it. Some things are good, some things are bad. Everyone has a different opinion. I swear to God. And that's, but that's a good thing, you know. Some people hate this, but love this. Other people, you know, love what they hate and hate what the other person loves. Mm. I like the fact that everyone is finding like something that they love the change of, but hate something else. You know what I mean? Because it make it makes it seem like it's good in a way. Like yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Well, <sighs> you want things to be at least a little divisive, because. What the last thing you want is everyone to latch on, and in there's nothing wrong with everyone liking it. Ideally, you want everyone to like it, but what you don't want, if everyone likes the same exact things about all of it, that usually means it might lead to a little bit of a boring game. You want there to be reasons why you might go for one faction, one legion, one army, whatever you want to call it, than another. You know, you want a little bit of that interest. What you hope you don't get is to a level where there's people saying that this, that, or the other thing is absolute bullshit, and you know that yeah. creates a more toxic environment. For me, so like for the big, not the, I'm not gonna say the fight, but the big thing I'm loving, and it's like this is the big controversy I'm dealing with, is that I uh, have never been a fan of end of the game scoring. For That's one terrible. or two missions, I'm okay with. I'm okay. for one or two missions, fine. It's fluffy. It's flavorful. But every almost every single mission has end of the game scoring in 30k, with the exception I think of one mission, um, and I just don't like that. I think that's stupid. I think it's feel bad because you play the entire game, um, and you might lose on turn one because you lose your troops. It's just to me, it's 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 feel bad, and I just don't like it. it it's an old style. And Dan, bring some scoring units. God damn it! Stop bringing units. Are a bit expensive. No, no, I can bring sisters, but no, it's 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 like again, it's like we play this whole game, but then on turn five, it's like, oh, let me hit the objective because that's the only thing that matters, not the fact that I killed your HQ who's been living for ten thousand years and we've had a huge grudge. No, not that, you know. It just it, it's it's kind of like I don't know. It does it doesn't feel narrative to me, right? Dynamic scoring to me feels like the battle is actually taking place. There are moving pieces. Things need to happen. Um, so that's but anyway, yeah, that's what I've been going back and forth with the 30k community with. I've now, been going back and forth with that. Now I don't I don't follow the 30k community. How yeah. have they felt just related to there being spoilers? So not not what are in the spoilers themselves, but how does the community react to Uh-oh. the fact that all this stuff is being mixed? Yeah, I will no, you very know what I will mixed. say it's very mixed, but I will say it's one side more than the other, and that side is they're enjoying the leak. And okay. I think the reason is because GW has it's literally something to talk about. 
Yeah, exactly. GW has starved us for 30k news for such a damn long time. And we know there's been a 30k uh, rulebook because they the stupid leak of the box set came out so many months ago. So it's not like we didn't know something was in the works, but we've been like just begging for something. Every time there's been a um, a games or an opens day, right? We're like, oh, 30k news, 30k rule set, just announce it. But they just keep not announcing it. So finally, mm-hmm. when it got leaked, we were like, well, sucks to be you. But now, but here's the thing. And again, this is where people are like, oh, I don't like the fact that it leaked. This hurts. GW's bottom line. But at the same token, I'm thinking to myself, I have never seen people more excited to start 30K than right now talking about the leaks. All right. So, I, and that's just the honest truth. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a bit of a side into leaks. And I, I, I think that's a worthwhile discussion. I. I don't think in a world where a rule set is reasonable and 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 reasonably balanced and reasonably good, not a, not a giant pile of crap. If your rule set and all is is reasonably good, then I think leaks help you. You're not turning people away. If if people are getting hyped about what they see, then they're more willing to get in. I think the only time a leak like that really hurts you is one potentially your reaction to it. Or two, if it leaks and it's six months or so until, say, the book comes out. Because then people might have literally played, you know, kind of played their fill of it for the time being before it's actually even officially there. Um, There's a a good example that was for Song of Ice and Fire previously. So um, uh, COVID has me forget exactly when this all occurred. I want to say it was the 2021 update. Um, but there was leaks related to that long before. And at one point someone was able to get most of it. They were able to get a bunch of the cards, the updated cards and all they posted them on, on the different Facebooks. I'm in a lot of the discord groups for that. And most of the discord groups actually banned those. They, they banned them and they told the people, Hey, if you post it back, we're banning you as well. Like we, we want to uphold the integrity of what these people wanted. We don't want this posted around because we want you know, the surprise, like they've been doing their best to try to, at that point, they were doing like articles, kind of showing bits of it. So they wanted yeah, to keep that. That's, that's a difference. Yeah. We haven't gotten, Steve can correct me here. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a single teaser article about Horace Heresy. Yeah. Um, nothing. Yeah. They haven't even confirmed that we're getting Mark 6 and a Spartan yet. Yeah. Or I don't think they even confirmed a new edition. I don't think uh, it's been confirmed. No. no I think all, con- the only thing that we've gotten is a new logo. Yeah. I literally think the only confirmation of a new edition has been through leaks. Yeah. Which is, that's not how, no, that's not great. No, let your player base know what's going to happen. I mean, um, the I, old world got more leaks than, like, more, sorry, more reveals and teasers yeah. than uh, Heresy has. The no, old world funny. is, like, two years, three years out. Oh, easily. What's funny is they've been releasing new units for Heresy. It's not like they've been ignoring Heresy. It's not a dead game. They've been releasing like these uh, little narrative uh, story. No, uh, Steve can help me out on those one campaign. They're, they're like, they're, yeah, they're like mini black books. It's like a new unit or two, and then it's like three ish missions. Yeah. So and the um, new a little unit. like hobby article and like three pages of fluff. Yeah, and you get like they're, they're, they're good stuff. It's great yeah. stuff to see. I'm glad they're happening. But, but it's yeah, yeah. It's not a rule book. It's not telling me like all they have to do is just announce there was a new rule book. Fuck, or that there isn't, or that there isn't. 
I'll take isn't either. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, right that's... now it's like, well, I know something's coming. Yeah. Because there's all these leaks. Well, so I don't I want to tell someone, GW. hey, start playing Heresy right now. I'll teach you. I'll play, help you plan out an army because I could give them bad advice if I tell them you know how to do things right now. That's in any a specific capacity. Right. So uh, like I'm not pushing people to buy it, which I hate because I love the game. I love the setting. Leaks get people interested and knowing that there's something upcoming and knowing nothing of it gets people very disinterested. Because if you let it go on too long, yeah, you, right now is a terrible time to get into heresy. Because you, you know stuff's coming out, but you don't really know when. When is it going to be official? Especially from the way you guys talk related to that community. Is that the kind of community that's going to play with these leaked rules? Or are they going to say, no. it's, it's not? we'll look at it, talk good and bad about it, but it's not technically official, keep it away. It's not like, yeah, keep playing the old one, yeah. And that's mostly what they'll do. Yeah, which um, means that it's it's a bad time to get into heresy until they do come out with this. That That's what I'm... That's what happened with the Song of Ice and Fire. So they leaked the dragons. Ooh, I mean, with with shipping things, obviously, everything got delayed. But we were playing dragons six months ahead or more before they reached the table. We knew everything about them. We knew how, how they worked. Other units as well. We had played them so much in the online communities. You know, when they came out, yeah, I got, my, I got the set of them. But I'm not even probably going to play them. I mean, they're part of the reason is the things that they've done to them. But we had been playing with those for six months or more. You know, we we had already changed the online meta to be the things that aren't even out for the game. You know, and mm. you with the 30k community, I think you'll you might see the opposite of that because you know they might only want what's official. But that means if someone is looking at those leaks, say, oh, I'm you know I'm thinking this. Ooh, that rule looks really good. This is maybe an avenue I'd like to pursue because of this change. Oh, we can't use the changes. I guess I'll just sit and wait until it happens then. Or exactly. if GW says when. Out of stupid curiosity, Steve. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of talked about what my biggest like and well, I didn't talk about my biggest dislike. Um, but what are your biggest likes and dislikes with the uh leak so far out of stupid curiosity? So the thing that I like the most is probably Okay, I have a love-hate with the alleged, I'm going to call it like the mini, like the fake stratagem, right? Because uh, it's essentially stratagems. But are you talking about reactions? Yes. Oh. I, I don't know if I want to say the names, name of it, but yeah. Um, the, I like the idea. I think it could be a really cool game mechanic. I'm not in love with it, though. Because it's all upside. And I hate it when there's a game mechanic that is an extra thing you get with no cost to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, right. for example, um, there's allegedly a thing that lets you shoot back at you. They're shooting at you, right? And it doesn't say that you're taking a penalty to your hit roll. You're shooting at full effectiveness. And it doesn't say you lose out in your following turns shooting attacks. So it is is this a limited resource? No, okay, so So basically you get one of these per phase. Okay. Unless you have a special unit or a rule that gives you extras per phase. Up to three in a phase. Um 
They're called reactions, by the way, Dave. Uh, it's, yeah. Think of it as infinity. Think of it's, it as think of it as infinity. That during an opponent's turn, you're able to do something while the opponent is doing something. Yeah. Which is why I disagree with Steve in saying that th- I actually like this change because I think it, it, I think it, there's good ideas. I don't like the implementation. Okay, that makes sense because um, there's no trade off because you're not losing anything by taking an activation except time because now the game's going to be slower. You but might be active more often, but the game is going to be slower. Which, now, I don't know the list of things because um, I haven't looked through this, but at, at least there's an opportunity cost, I would say, because you're losing the ability to do, unless there's only one thing per phase that you could do, you're losing the potential of doing the other things that you could react with in that phase. It, it reminds me, at least on the offset, um, from what I hear, maybe either of you might know a little bit better because you might know both systems. But it sounds almost to me like the command points in Age of Sigmar because there they're limited. Yes. Oh, you use that one, can't touch it again, and and all of that. And you have such a limited command point structure yes. in Sigmar. It's not like 40k where you start with yeah. 12. Yeah, you're getting like three. Um, but the problem is it's like it's its own economy, right? Like it's, oh, yeah, I get a reaction a turn. And and the way I'm envisioning things is just going to lead to stupider Death Star units. Because you're going to get that one unit put together. That is going to make the most out of the reaction. Now either your opponent's going to do something to it and going to get nuked in response, or your opponent's going to not do anything about it and the unit is perfectly safe. Like I don't think that the way they did it in this draft version of the rules, because this is the draft version from playtesting, mm-hmm. um, I don't like what they did. I think the idea is great, I don't like the implementation of it. Um, one thing I absolutely do like, though, is that psychic powers are no longer are no longer yes. a phase. Yeah, they're rolled into the other phases. Like it was back mm-hmm. in like I think fifth edition was the last time they had it in forty k. Actually, maybe so six. Actually, reminiscent of actually like fourth and third edition. Yeah, yeah. Because the they they do the psychic powers, which yeah, I... there's a leadership test that gives you an ability in that phase. Yep. So, for example, um, in 5th edition Blood Angels, you had the Wings of Sanguinius. Mm-hmm. Cast the leadership test. Congratulations! You're now a jump infantry unit and you can move 12 inches instead of walking your 6. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you used um, Smite, that was a shooting attack with a profile. So in the shooting phase, you took a leadership test. And if you passed, you got to go pew, pew, pew with your brain. I like that better than just having an extra phase that one player, cough, cough, Thousand, thousand Suns player, gets to participate in their opponent, literally anybody else except word bearers, doesn't get to do anything then. Were they the only two get... factions with psychers? Um, no, everyone has like access, yeah, but no one like else gets to play ball quite the same. Okay. Yeah. Everyone um, gets to play basketball, not everyone's an NBA star. Got yeah. It. And there okay. comes a point where it's like, you know, what uh, it's like the globe trotters versus a group of um, toddlers, right? Um, if you have em- um, like Emperor's Children versus Thousand Sons, Emperor's Children's players like, oh, I rolled my my psychic power pool and I got two dice and my one psychic level. I have three dice to cast the spell. Thousand Sons players like, oh, that's cool. I have seven to spell dice just because I'm on the table. So it, well, it's like, globe trotters versus and- Washington Generals. <laughs> that's actually who they fight, which might as well be kids yeah yeah it's it, it's a phase that didn't need to be a phase 
and I'm glad surprised. the phase is over. I'm very surprised you do not like the last cannons have sunder. I am surprised. I don't know, man. It's it think, makes me think the of forty k too. You take it makes I'm me think of forty k too much because it's just adding special rules to weapons because apparently. Apparently, weapon profiles don't differentiate things enough, so we're going to add special rules on top of various profiles. Like, I. It's bloaty. Yeah, last cannons, come on. Last cannons need it to sunder. I, I 100%. Last cannons are fine. They're strength nine. They don't Yeah, and then sunder. you roll the one and you feel so bad. It's what happens. It's a dice game. That, oh. Use tank hunters. Be an, be an Iron Havoc. Be okay. better than the others. Right, and, no. get, and get the tank hunters rule. <laughs> All right. All right. Um. Yeah. So I I have a love hate with reactions. I love the fact that the psychic powers got rolled into the phases. And not a fan of movement characteristics, just because I'm concerned they're gonna do it wrong. What do you What do you mean? Uh, in terms of so, did okay. things have movement characteristics? So like. Before? Well, it was everything was moved six because if it was infantry or twelve, it was jump infantry. Bikes moved twelve, could flat out another whatever. Okay. Um, it was like it was like archetypes, right? Yeah. But now they have an extra stat they could tweak. I don't know if they know how to tweak the stat. If that makes any sense. No. Okay. So specifically, specifically, there's a unit I have in mind: terminators, cataphracty terminators, right? The mm. big bulky ones. They're really slow. But they're the amazing defensively, right? My concern is if you go, okay, cataphracty are slow. So we're going to give them movement less than whatever anyone else gets, right? But they already have a bunch of special rules to give the sense of them being slow, right? Like they can't overwatch, they can't run, they can't sweeping advance. My concern is this there's gonna keep stacking on top of that with the lower move characteristic and like break the basically like the the, the ecology of it like white scars all get one extra inch their moving profile why ah oh, white scar go fast ha 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 hilarious it's I, I'm not a fan I think it's just poor design. It gives more availability to be more interesting with your design, but the more that you allow yourself to diverge, then the easier it is to be a problem. And I I don't know how much is the playtester, I don't know how much is GW, I don't know how much is them not listening to playtesters or listening too much. You know, but I, I think yeah, there's I... absolutely that potential if they do start varying that up that, yeah, you might see, oh, this these units, you never take them, they're way too slow now. You know, or this. Oh, yeah. So, in forty k, in forty k, yeah. I play Tyranids, right? Hmm. My spore mines move three inches. My biovores move five inches. My termagants move six inches. My hormagants move eight inches. My raveners move nine inches. My gargoyles move twelve inches. My um shit, I skipped over my exocrines that move seven inches. Hmm. Um, I have. I want to say I have a 14 inch move. The high type moves 16 inches if it has wings. Yep. And the harpy, I think, goes 40. Like, there's too many 
little one inch differences that don't really matter except they do matter and it's not necessary I see what you're saying i see what you're saying All right. Hmm. All right, uh, well, we'll see. Maybe I'm just cranky and old. <laughs> Don't tell me <laughs> I want the old edition of Horse Hair back in my day. <laughs> yeah. It does sound, at least from the yeah, outside we'll looking see. in. I, I'm excited to try these rules and play with yeah. them and get a proper feel. Because maybe, you know, it's a whole new game and a new, you know, ecology, and I'm going to love it. Yeah. But. I mean, the good news is I was when, when to you try it. to graft on leaks from a new edition onto the current I, edition, it's not going to fit together properly. I will no. point out it's that it's not the same game. Well, hold on. I will point out that the playtesters that got leaked, um, we know that the playtesters were the Mornival group, and the Mornival group is a well-known group who have um, tweaked 30k. They're they're actually called the Mornival rule set. Uh, I think they're in the UK. Uh, and they actually have their own rule set of 30k that they've tweaked over the years uh, because there was no new edition. Uh, and they were one of the play te- In fact, they were the ones who gave Last Cannon Sunder in their in their rule set. So um, I do like the Mornival rule set a lot. So that does give me hope because at least it's we know it's players. You know what I mean? It's yeah. actual players that are doing this. I don't know, man. They decided that Terminators would be really cool with two heavy bolters. Also, Terminators, no, no. Terminators, first of all, have two wounds. Now, two heavy heresy. bolters in Mournable. No, no, heavy no. De- heavy destroyers make me so. The Heresy Leak, or what is, is Terminators have uh, two wounds? No, no, I know, I know, I know. I, oh, okay. I don't love that. I don't love that either. But eh. You run Terminators. Get the fuck out of here with your shit. I don't <laughs> run Terminators. And it also depends on how damage allocation works. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know because I don't want to read the whole thing. Yeah, no, there's a lot. I of learned, it. There's so a lot. Of I it. pick up a game. I like to pick it up once correctly. My brain is like a rules sponge. I wish I could do this for like chemistry or whatever. But no, just game rules. It's like a yeah, rules always, sponge. Always, but once always. I get the rule in there, it's stuck in there. So. I don't want to read too deep until I have the actual book in my hands. Okay. At that point, I can do my deep dive. At least we now know there is a book coming out, which is still a nice little addition. You know what I mean? Unless they decide to punish us for leaks existing. Which, by the way, is part of the leak as well, that GW is so pissed that they will actually can heresy or or stop releasing it um, to release something else. That's the dumbest idea that they could do. That that would just kill the line. No, no, they've done that before. They've done that before. I didn't they did that with um, uh, the fish I didn't people. Have. Um, I didn't. I didn't. They, they, they canned, not canned, but they delayed Ideneth because of the leak. It's not the first. It's, that's not the first. I mean, they also pushed back the Parasite of War Treks, what, 10 years from first rules to first model? Uh, fifth yeah. Edition yeah, actually, just coming out now. We yeah. just got it today. Well, we just got confirmation like today yesterday whatever yeah i mean that in my mind that's honestly a terrible idea because you're talking about a full game system you're not talking about a single model or or a line which a single I faction think is, yeah i i think that that's still a problem but you're talking about your whole game system you do that you're just going to mm-hmm. lose all the play any players you have and you're using logic because and all the r&d they invested and yeah, yeah. It, it would be a massive waste of resources just to be spiteful 
Yeah, but they put money into this, and it's spiting themselves. It's, yeah. not, it's not spiting anyone else. It's not spiting your players. Your players will either keep playing with the things they already have, they'll switch over to this Marnival's version or some other, other version, you'll have some group do it, or they're just going to play a different miniatures game. They'll find something else. Like what Battlefleet Gothic players do. They either just play the old rules, or they do weird things to their ships and play XR. Or, you know... <laughs> All right. Hopefully, All this right. actually just speeds up their timeline. On the plus side, yeah, I would love to see a release a, a date soon, so I could start working on event planning. Because I would the, love to. Ha- I would love to have a big like release party, yeah. and like wrap lockbox sets and all that shit. The the big rumor is that they're going to release this information on what's that next convention? Um, Adepticon. Adepticon. Is that the next one up? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Adepticon would be yeah, the next it's, big it's one. April, yeah. So the big one is big one is they're probably going to release this information in in April. that far away. It's sounding to me like it probably I would think early summer launch. If they're talking about in April, I bet it's going to be a that's month when or they two do after their gate their big releases too this yeah. summer. Yeah. I guess when forty k drops, that's when Sigmar drops. It's probably going to be, you know, probably June-ish, I would think, then. I would hope. Oh, my God. Could you imagine a summer release for Heresy? Bro. Bro. Oh, my God. That's a, see how excited I am? Like, come on, GW. Don't punish the people for wanting leaks, man. I'm so so stupid excited for this. And, like, I don't know. I, I understand both sides because I can see... I saw this a bit with the Song of Ice and Fire ones. I can see where, like, you've been working on this for so long. You've put so much time into it. And then rather being able to get it and put it out there yourself and receive the excitement, it gets essentially put out by someone else without your control. I can definitely understand that sort of um, knee-jerk reaction of wanting to pull it away because you know this was your project that now someone else essentially has you know but still don't you know if your goal is to make money on it the last thing you should do is pull it away in any way so. one would hope they're they're not going to pull it away not a chance they want money not a chance it's going to go away i'm not saying it might not change his timeline a little bit but no if they were thinking this summer i think they're still going to do it Old GW, I think, maybe more so would have pulled it. More newer, a lot of times when stuff gets leaked, they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, this thing was leaked, here you go. Here's all the information about it. They've been a little bit more um, more forward-thinking. Actually, I will say they have been more joke-friendly. Yes. Uh, I remember when, they, when there was always like a blurry picture, they're like, oh, potato camera. They remember they had like a picture of potato yeah. with a camera strapped to it, and they were like, ha-ha, potato camera strikes again. Here's a better picture. Yeah. And, and, and they have to, I mean... They're they're the number one miniatures manufacturer, game rule company, however you want to put it, with all their different lines. If something comes out, yeah, just own it, just own it, put it for put it forward and spin it to your liking, and you're gonna make money. There you go. That's all I gotta do. My favorite was the bit they did when they had the sprues in the dumpster. Yeah. Someone fished them out. Yeah. It's like holy shit! It's a new line releaser. What was that? Was that Primaris Deathbird? I remember. I remember what that was. I, that I was a funny classic, 
plastic thunderhawk will always be my favorite uh joke that they did i mean i knew it i saw the rivets like okay that's aeronautica but that was that was beautiful people were salty people were so salty (laughs) i loved it loved every second of it oh man all right, so so maybe now some forty some minutes in when the coal was Titanicus, maybe we'll switch to switch around here to some uh, Titanicus talk. Yep. Ooh, that's Titanicus! Cool. Now that's a good game with a currently active edition. That is true, that's... and it's only edition. Yeah. As long as you don't count eighty-eight, absolutely. No, no, I'm I'm not counting that. Although I am sure, without a doubt, that there are some people who shy away from this and still go play that edition with their old metals and plastic. Oh, Dan and I know a few of them. Yep. <laughs> Fucking Warlord <laughs> Titans the size of a goddamn Imperial Knight in 18. It's so stupid. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, so, how are we doing this? So, so we mentioned that, or I mentioned at the top that our, our goal is to start actually going an, a deeper dive in Titanicus, and we thought um, we'd work from essentially the back to the front. The most recent thing they came out with was a trader book, so we thought, okay, well, we want to go through the trader book and we want to discuss what's there and all. Before we can discuss, you know, honestly, before you really want to discuss a lot of Titans, before you really want to discuss a lot of weapons, before you want to discuss Legios, you, we really want to talk about the way to put them together, the maniples, because that's going to preface a lot of the conversation when you talk about different groups and you know why, for one, Legio, you might want to be running one thing or another. So we thought that's where we would start. Um, we also thought it might be one of the, the shorter ones. We'll see how that goes. Um, for anyone trying to follow along... Um, we're in looking through the Trader Legios book. It starts on page 12 here, and we're just going to go through the maniples in the order that they give them here. Um, so it's not alphabetical. It's mostly, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is mostly essentially release. Like the ones that re- released first when the game first came out are the first ones, and then they go along there um, as yeah, they were released in later books. Almost, yeah. e- almost exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much publication. Um, if you have the Loyalist Legios book, it's the same deal. There's right. just one maniple less because it's a specific trader legion maniple. Got it. Okay. Is it the it's same also order on too? Page 12. Same order, same everything. Okay, so same page. Yeah, so if you happen to have either book, um, we have that. So uh, would anyone in particular like to take the first one? I mean, Steve, you this one's the best one for you because you do the little uh, league on this. So it's like the most common one. Yeah. All right. It's the most, it's the, Well, it is the axiom. Of how to put together a maniple. The Axiom Battleline Maniple is basically your most generic, most all-rounders, most beginner-friendly version of a maniple. Um, as li- it literally has a little bit of everything in it. You get one Warlord, one Reaver, and one Warhound to start off your composition. You could add a second Reaver and a second Warhound to max out the maniple at five Titans. Um, the perk of this maniple is that if you fail a command check, it's okay. You can keep issuing checks to Titans within the maniple. That's great because if you are a newer player and you aren't sure how to prioritize which commands must happen 
versus which commands are more likely to happen versus which commands are just a nice thing that you'd like to get the perk of. If you don't have a good grasp of how to prioritize your orders, this is a great manifold to pick. It's also great because, like I said, you get a little bit of everything. You got a heavy brawler with the Warlord, the amazing all-rounder Reaver, and the lightning-fast speed of a Warhound. Um, I was going to give a recommended loadout. I would do a ranged Warlord, mm -hmm. probably like a Bellicosa and a Quake. Sorry, it dip into Forge World. It happens sometimes. In this or, game, you, um, you almost have to, really. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Or... Um, Plasma, the uh, plasma annihilator, paired with anything really. It anything except the quake goes great with the plasma. Yeah, I want to say. Um, and that's only because the quake has a penalty at short range. Um, and then whatever you want to put up top is going to be good on a warlord. Well, laser blasters or um, apocalypse missiles, just keep it plastic. Either one of those will do great. Mostly, those are the two best options for warlord carapaces. Unless you do the brawler with the quad Gatling content. I was going to say, that's, that's yeah. that, 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 that Dan loves that. Dan loves I, that. Because I, I, it's effective. It's, it's, yeah. Right? But no, that's absolutely. Like absolutely. It, it, the cool thing is the maniples are very... The maniples, the maniple you might choose might just be a maniple that runs really well with your Legio as well. So that's not... That's okay. Also, also true. I think that's would be great game to touch... We'll get, to legio specifically yeah like like i recommend this maple for the legio especially since like some legios can even change what titans you take exactly. like for example like if you're playing legio kratos you'd be like oh yeah like reavers are cool and all but i want a second warlord and like okay you could replace a reaver with a warlord if you're playing legio kratos sick or you know i i personally play legio graphonicus and i love my reavers i could replace the warhound and the warlord both the three for Titans. I just run three Reavers in this manifold. It's great. I love it. Um, but yeah, this is a great manifold if you struggle with prioritizing orders or you want to consistently at least be able to attempt getting orders off, which is why I think it's an amazing place to start your journey. Mm. Great. No, great. And this is also, I mean, if you got into the game, this is essentially all the models they had in the beginning. Or if you're getting into the game now, if you're getting a box set or anything like that, these are the common ones. You know, you're not getting the ones that you're necessarily having oh, yeah. to buy separate or the ones that don't fit the, the base man. Definitely. Definitely. It's like Which I think the is Axiom is literally the Titanicus starter set plus a Warlord Titan. Yeah. And that's a full Axiom. And that'll be a 2,000 point army. Is that really 2,000? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. But think, um, think how much a warlord is, and you could have two of them in here. A war a warlord's about five hundred to six hundred. Mm. A reaver's about three hundred. Yeah. And a warhound's about two hundred. That's okay, yeah. four. That's a thousand. Fifteen. I can't do math. I'm definitely estimating wrong. It's fine. But no, like this no, is you're, okay. You're just say it's a seventeen fifty. Yeah, the seventeen fifty. If you're playing, if you're playing the size up to seventeen fifty, once you add on your weapons, you'll be there or you'll be close enough. Mm -hmm. You'll be close that you won't be yeah, able to put anything else in anyway. You could throw in a support unit. Yeah, exactly. Especially now they have those much smaller knights, which I don't know their points cost, but I'm sure they're a lot less. Therefore, even if you have a little bit of points, you could add that in. Mm -hmm. Or just take the more expensive options. You know, if you don't yeah. have those knights. 
there's nothing wrong with some of these more expensive options on your warlords. You want to put, you know, like I said, those plasma annihilators, something like that. They're 45 points each. Yeah. You could put those so on. I would it's not a bad up. choice. My favorite. Yeah. With this mana pool, I would set up the Warlord as your wholesale damage dealer. Yep. I would do the Reaver as a generalist, maybe being your melee punch as just a backup if needed. And I would do the Warhounds as shield strippers, personally. Agreed. Because Warhounds and Warlords beautifully complement each other. Hmm. I, I do think there's one potential problem in this. And that would be, when you think of your orders, your orders are very specialized things. They let you do something at oftentimes a huge detriment of something else. You get to move extra, but you're not shooting. Or you're shooting, you're not moving, whatever those may be. I would caution to be careful of not just issuing orders because you know you're just not going to fail them. Like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, well, you get something. You're going to get something. Everyone's going to get something. You know, this ensures that you don't lose your chance. But if you didn't want to give it an order before, if you wouldn't normally, it's a bad idea to give it an order just because you have the ability to do so. Very true. So. By the way, like I was mentioning earlier, like I love it when you have trade-offs when you get benefits. Like, yeah. here's a great thing you could do, but it's going to cost you that. That's yeah. good game design. I want to see more of that. Cough, cough, Games Workshop. Um, but yeah. Um... Dan, I feel I like the next. I feel like the next one's up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you I, the next I one? I'll never take the one run after. it. Ironically, never run it. Um, really? Because I don't actually own. Well, I do own two warlords. I, but I don't own the third, which I would definitely run for. So the next one is the Myrmidon. Um, Myrmidon Babylon Maniple. This is basically, I think, funny enough, the biggest maniple you can run, or the I mean, biggest no, in terms of points. Biggest in terms of tonnage. Biggest in terms of tonnage. I think you might be right. Oh no, there there is heavier. There is. You have three um, warlords somewhere else. Yeah, three warlord. Sorry, no, no, no. I can better. Four warlords and a warbringer. Who the fuck? The Extermagus. But we'll get there. Okay, okay. So this is the second largest, and essentially. Oh, definitely, definitely hits that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mandatory unit, mandatory two warlords, uh, and one reaver. Period. Uh, You could. Add an additional one warlord, or in, and or an additional one reaver. So for a total of uh, three warlords and two reavers. Um, the benefit of this one is that essentially, when issuing a first fire or a split fire, so let me just pause right there. First fire is essentially when you activate your uh, titan in the movement phase. It is not allowed to move, but it can select one weapon and fire. So this is really good in case maybe there's a damage titan in front of you and you just want it dead before it activates, um, or maybe you just want to, I don't know, rip shields off real quick. It's multiple uses for first fire. Um, and split fire is uh, when you activate your titan, uh, you can't make turns, but in the shooting phase, every time you select a weapon, you can select a different target, essentially. Mm. So I'm gonna as fire. long this as you up. clear everyone on the table as a target first. Actually, that is not true. So um, we had this discussion. I had this discussion with David in another podcast, and I, don't know, yeah. I had to ask the freaking community. I had to research, but apparently the consensus is because you're returning to a certain step, Steve, it's basically... No, no, no. Like, what I was saying is you yeah. declare the, every single unit on the table as a target every single time. Oh! Yeah. And then you have the flexibility. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. misheard you. Continue. No, no, you're good. You're good. I probably worded that poorly. 
Yeah, no, it, it's it's a really stupid way of wording it, but yeah, no, it, I was kind of upset that that's the way it's supposed to be. It makes sense, but it's like it's it's like oh, difficult. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to even talk about it. So, yeah. uh, split fire basically, you can't turn, but you can sh shoot at multiple things. Um, and the command check is essentially always made on a two plus. There, there's no modifiers. That, even if you have modifiers to the roll, does not matter. Always a two plus, um, which is actually kind of cool because there are, tends to sometimes be a lot of modifiers to command checks. Whether you have a corrupted titan or actually, this would be really good for corrupted titans. Now that I think of it, uh oh, <laughs> what have we caused? Yeah, no, because I just realized because oh, corrupted titans again, get warlord number three. Well, no, because look, yeah. corrupted titans get um, the like, minus I'm three crafted. Yeah, minus three to command check. So even if you have your princeps on that thing, um, which I hope princeps doesn't help with doesn't uh, really help. corrupted titan, right? No, it doesn't. It plus two, minus three, still nets it a uh, plus one. Um, yeah. So this is actually a okay, okay. Um, I could see the use of this. I could see the use of this. Um, still wouldn't run it because I have my favorite. I still have like more favorite maniples. I have like top three. Um, but it's a cool maniple. It is a cool maniple and it has its uses. That's yeah. That's the Myrmidon. I think the biggest drawback is you're giving up so much mobility. Yes. I mean, if, if you're using dead, the maniple trait, there's no mobility. <laughs> well, no, e if even. Dead, no, well, I'm joking. I'm yeah, but I mean, you're essentially just not, if you're doing this stuff, you're not moving or or very little or super, super limited. Well, uh, I'll disagree with you there only because this maniple is helped out a ton by the new war gear. Yes. Being able say, to buy tracking gyroscopes does so much or, to make this maniple. As a trader, as a trader, my warlord can uh, move eight inches turn one. Uh, give him the move move order, uh, so he moves another eight inches, and then I can warp jump him for two d six. So you could get some mobility in there. But turning is going to be difficult. Yeah. Like oh, aligning yeah, no, right. actual like because if you're giving up a move to first fire, we're giving up turning for split fire. Oh, you yeah. are going to be very restricted by your arcs, and you yes, will be depending on those reavers and their carapace three sixty weapons be like your pin down attackers because yeah. you didn't have a lot of mobility when you start with two warlords anyway and and when we look at this if you think about the points uh, you know you're already going to be very very expensive so you're going to have a hard time filling out the rest of your list with maybe some more mobile options unless you just want to throw a bunch of knights at it which is not also necessarily true, a bad idea. like just the minimum requirements of this maniple is probably like a thousand points or yeah. so, well, so oh, like over because the warlord base is three eighty five. Three eighty five. Um, quakes are cheapish. Yeah. And this is a spot so where you probably, yeah. you know, weapon wise, you're you know, yeah, there's certain weapons that are cheaper, but you might be taking the ones that are more expensive or varying it up a little bit, or like I said, a, a bellicose or something like that, because you're trying to lay down all this extra fire. Yep. Um, because these rules benefit um, either attacking with one weapon in the movement phase or splitting up your attacks, I would say that this maniple best benefits from generalist loadouts where you have a bit of everything. Yep. Because if it's something you want to kill and you don't need a particular weapon to do it, you split fire to make the weapon useful elsewhere. 
Or if you need to really get use out of a weapon, you first fire and use the weapon twice. Once the movement, once on the shooting. So I want to say this is a good maniple if you have generalist loadouts. Slash, you want to take generalist loadouts with this maniple. Yeah. Especially since you're going to be out-activated, each Titan has to be able to do everything on its own. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. I think that moves us to the next one. That's so I'll, I'll take the next one here. Next one's the Venerator Light Maniple. So required, you have to take a Reaver, two Warhounds. You can add two more Warhounds in if you want. And the trait, it's Opportunistic Strike. So I'll read through this one because this one's a little bit long, but it's pretty easy to interpret what it does at the end. If an enemy unit's void shields are collapsed by an attack made by one of the Warhound Titans from the Maniple, the Reaver in this Maniple can immediately make an attack against it with one of its weapons, following the standard procedure for an attack. This means that the Reaver can, sorry, the Reaver can potentially attack several times in the same phase, as well as attacking normally when it's activated. However, if it's prevented from attacking in the combat phase, so full stride shutdown, anything like that, then it cannot make these bonus attacks. So you have Warhounds take the shields off of something for you, and then you get to hit it with something, following all the same the normal standard rules. I and mean, we mentioned before when we went through the Axiom where you want shield strippers, you definitely are looking at your Warhounds to do that. Um, if you were going to take the optional, I th- don't think you want all... You don't want to build them all out to strip shields, because a lot of times the weapons that are best for doing that, like your Mega Bolters... They're not going to do much good once your shields are down. Um, so for the two, yeah, I'd probably take one, you know, maybe double Mega Bolter, the other one. I'm sure maybe even... Can we call even... some Volkite? Yeah, the, the Volkite's not bad, because that does what? The, is that the what the one extra? It's been a little bit since I've looked uh, at some of these. It's, it's the extra Directors? hit against shields. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. Two extra hit. yeah. Two extra hits. It's a higher strength, too. So it's, strength it's five, strength so yeah, five. you can scratch a little more effectively. Yeah, five compared to four. That's not bad. So, I mean, you could even go for your stripper if you're so willing to do, go a little higher one and one I would do two squadrons of Warhounds, up two. Yeah. And I would give each of those squadrons one dedicated double stripper mm-hmm. and one that's half stripper and then, like, a plasma. Yeah, I, th- I think you have to Or get a twin inferno could be fun in there because... The flamers actually throw down a lot of hits. Um, each flamer hits three times on the first model it connects with. So between the two flamers, that's six hits. That's also not bad for shield stripping. It's strength seven, which is not bad for dealing damage. So Twin Fernos also have a place here on the hounds. For the Reavers, this is disgusting if you have a Melta Cannon. Yep. That happens to be lined up just right because... Uh, there's a reason it's the most expensive gun on the Reaver. It's because it's the best gun. Yeah. And if you get to use that extra times in a turn, you're going to be very happy. I I think with the Warhounds, I, I, I think, yeah, the dedicated strippers, if you're bringing four, and I think that's probably the right way you want to run this. For the other one, I don't mind the Inferno Cannon. My only concern, one, you do have to get very close for that. So that, that you know, that can give you some problems. But my he bigger thing is... The plasma blast gun. If you overcharge it, you're getting the strength that you're lacking otherwise. Because I think the mm-hmm. downside that you're going to have here is I can take your shields down, but I need more than this reaver to really be able to punch through. And a lot of your other guns are not going to be punching through. 
Um, that is true. That I I would now you're going to have points left over in this for sure, so you can definitely take something a bit heavier or or, or vary it out from there. But I would be, I don't know, me personally, I kind of like double megabolter Vulcan megabolter on one, and then double blast gun or. Yeah, it's usually what I kind of like, just because it can give you the extra extra punch that's lacking. I mean, even double blast guns not a bad shield shift. No. you shoot on low power, and, and fact, each yes, gun no, is two blasts. That's potentially four hits per gun. So Steve yeah. knows this because my War Master brings double plasma as a shield stripper, but also I hit that's, on two. That's what, that's what I do with mine because I yeah. I love plasma. Plasma is my friend. No, no, yeah. I, my favorite. Always the, oh, no, I love the plasma. You're right. The sun, the, yes, what, what the fuck? Yeah. The Sun Fury. Yep. Sun Fury. Yeah. yeah there we go. Um, for the Reaver Carapace, I have to say, I think the best option is the Turbo Laser, only because if your Reaver's out of arc, take advantage, to take advantage of the, um, you know, the free attack, at least the Turbo Laser's strength eight compared to like strength four on the missiles or the bolter. Yeah. Or whatever is on there, you know. I, so I think that the best carapace is the turbo laser on the reaver here. I, yeah, I think the reaver has to go heavier weapons or heavier strength, including its carapace, to make up for the fact that you're going to be bringing several models that are not going to be able to punch yeah. or not well. I mean, yeah, if a titan's hurt and you're in the correct side or behind it and all of that, but if you don't have those bonuses, some of those other titans aren't really going to be doing it for you. Yeah. Not also don't forget, you can technically use a melee weapon. Oh yeah, you can be attack. standing right next to them, drop their shields, and you get to punch them right in the face. I thought of that. That is I wouldn't plan on it at all. I think it's not a good use of resources, but no. it's fun. It it's a terrible use of resources. That would be hilarious if you ever do it, and that's gonna be the story that you'll remember. The time when you stood inside someone's shields waited for another titan to drop their shields and then punch them in the face they just kick him in the in the groin yep. yeah i mean and, and the reavers have very nice close combat weapons i mean there's nothing there's well, nothing stopping it one in their strength nine yeah uh, uh you know one and then you know one of the other weapons so something else with a bit of range it's not a bad play it's not a great play it's great yeah but it's, it's not bad it's a great way to this manifold will punish a storm players because aren't they the ones with the special rule where when they lose shields, they could try to gain them back immediately? Storm, yep. Yeah. yeah. So they do that. Oh, great. I got a free shot. And you now have one shield that I'm going to pop off and get another free shot. Mm-hmm. If you're in the right Unfortunately, position. if you're p- playing against some weirdo that likes that this Nitanicus. This is useless. Very Completely true. useless. I mean, it, it gives your opponent a very interesting question of when they're trying repair rolls, do they want to... And you roll your four dice. Let's say you only get the one six and your other dice maybe don't work out or maybe a six and a four and whatever else. Do you put your shields back? You know, oh, I'm in a really bad spot to get hit again. I'm only going to put one level of shields... If I if fail that, this guy's cannon, hitting me again. Not a chance. Yeah. yeah. And also, this also works on first fire, by the way. So if your Warhound's on first fire and knocks out shields, the Reaver gets a shot. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All right. 
Um, like this is this is a very very savage maniple because it's a light maniple. Yeah, you could even take two of these. In you a, could, in a, or like this and another light maniple, and people will often do that. They'll use the venator as an accessory to like the main part of the list. Yeah, yeah, because um, you could fit it. And because this game is weird, it is specifically Reaver Titans get to make a free shot. So if you change yeah. your composition somehow, right? Only Warlords can trigger. Sorry, Warhounds can trigger the free attacks, mm-hmm. and only Reavers can make the free attacks. Yeah, and that, only that one was good Reaver, writing. And only yeah. one Reaver gets to make the attack. No, per time they, it's didn't they did this on purpose because Krytos players can do this and have their Warlord that traded for a Reaver shoot, and that's why exactly. That. Yeah, and it was gross. So they said maybe we shouldn't allow that. Maybe, no, maybe and they fixed it. Maybe. Maybe having a free warlord shot is not a perfect uh, solution. Oops, all delicosis. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna wait for the Regia because that's actually. You, we, oh, we know you're waiting. Here. Yeah, you, okay. we'll, we'll take the next two. You two can we'll pace it out. I'll I'll take on the Corsair because right. or, your, yeah, I'll take on the Corsair. That's your favorite one. That's your... No, it just looks like I love the Corsair because I love Reavers. Agreed. So the Corsair is the Reaver manifold. Um, if you're playing. With Eldar counts as this is actually not a terrible choice for you. Hmm. Um, Corsair Manipul is composed of three Reaver Titans. You can swap. You could sorry. You could also add on at this two Reaver Titans. So many. It's literally a Manipul of all Reavers. They are great. I love Reavers. I think this is honestly compositionally a perfectly fine Manipul. Um, their trait is called Fight Withdrawal. And essentially what it does is it means that you can move sideways and backwards at full speed instead of at half speed. But you can't move at your boosted speed outside the arc. So, you know, like Reavers move base six, they can boost to nine. They can move six inches sideways or if they can push and go nine forwards. But being able to sidestep is, it's a nice option to have available to you. I don't think it's the best thing ever, but it is nice. Um, the thing that's scary with this maniple is you could potentially have five Reaver Titans all firing warp missiles that ignore voids and immediately start doing critical damage to something and blow up a Titan turn one. But then they're also, you know, down a carapace weapon, so ups and downs. I think that this is a maniple that is fun. I don't think it's a go to, at least not for me. Because because I'm Griffonicus, I could get the composition elsewhere and get other rules that I find more interesting. Reavers are definitely like in my mind. One, I just like them the most. Um, it took until I put one together, but I do like them the most. So if you absolutely love Reavers, this is going to let you throw in as many as you like. I do feel overall they're usually the Titan that I feel is you know the most malleable because it has the speed to be able to move reasonably well. Has better punch than some of the lighter ones, but has more speed than the heavier ones. Can get a good variety of weapons and all. I think the ability is very nice, but yeah, I don't. I I, I don't know if it will give you one. enough compared it's to actually some of the others. A, it's a. I must be the crazy one to a like good warlords. counter. I must yeah. be the only motherfucker that likes warlords and and warmasters, and will no. load up on all warlords and warmasters. <sighs> This is actually a great counter to Warlords and Warmasters. Oh, absolutely. Warlords. Yes, because it, it can move sideways, it gives a lot of mobility to dodge arcs. Yes. That other builds might not have. 
And I believe what Reavers moved six. Six Moving base, six, nine boots. Yes, yes, six. Oh yeah, so that's definitely. Oh yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, six sideways could get you places. Yeah. Now um, this is good with uh, melee weapons. I want to say because yes. you can maneuver so well, you could get around back with those melee weapons easier. Yeah. yeah you can, if someone gets to your side, you can literally just push sideways to them. Yep. Or, or or anything like that, or or you know move back if they got past you or anything like that where normally just off of your turns pushing reactor you still might not be able to do it can you can you turn still is there restrictions um, when you move sideways or back of turns nah you can move okay normally so then yeah so actually you have a lot of flexibility then really with that movement if you have good terrain placement um and that really depends on who you play with and how you play but if you're playing with good terrain i think this thing could do a lot because you could easily hide yourself entirely behind a train piece. And if you move six, you're going to be, you can pop yourself to the other side. Mm-hmm. So I, the more I talk about it, I like it, I, I just don't run it because I don't own three reavers. I don't think I want to paint another one. Or if I do, I'm painting it in some alternate scheme of some other support legio. Something I can paint faster. Yeah, it's it's like a vassal reaver that you adopted. Yeah, it, it's Something one like that, that has a different scheme. That's all I care about. That takes me too long. Um, one of the guys by me actually has a great thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a black shield army. Yeah, and every titan, like the predominant color is black, but like they're all from different legios mm-hmm. that have black as a dominant color in the scheme, and it comes out. Like, it that looks cohesive because it's all black, but every Titan has its own secondary color. It's a, it's beautiful. Absolutely it, beautiful. It's a nice way to make it, you know, look similar without actually having to do everything the same. Because uh, some schemes are definitely a lot easier or more fun to work with than others. I don't mind my scheme. It looks good, but it takes a lot to do. Maybe I'll do a like yeah. a Legio Infector uh Reaver. I'll think about it. Alright, um in order to save Regia for Dan, I'll do the Janissary. So this is the yeah. Janissary uh Battleline Maniple. Uh one Reaver, two Warhounds. You can bring an extra Reaver, you can bring a one additional Warhound. And the trait is close support. Um, so when you're in this, they learn to coordinate their attacks with household support units and move to support them when needed. If a Titan the Maniple activates during the movement phase, you can choose a friendly Night Banner within six inches of that Titan. Once the Titan has finished moving, the Night Banner may now make its advance. I find it interesting, and maybe this was because of how early this came out, because these were all still original book, that there's no Knights in the Maniple. I, I I understand why because it's the mm-hmm. Titans that are doing it that and that cause the knights to do something. I just find funny that they they don't actually list knights at all. I also just came out when Titan Death. Was like, this it Titan was the Death? First I thought expand. this was original. Yeah, am I not? No, the original is just um the first three Axiom, Myrmidon, okay. and Venice. So this page is yeah. Titan Death then. Okay. Yep, it's pretty much the Titan Death page. Got um, it. yeah, at the time they didn't have the concept of vassal knights fleshed out. They did that in a white dwarf later on. That mm. that list also got wrapped into this book. Yeah, um, the Janissary is great for pincer movements with your knights. So you have a crazy combat reaver barreling down the board screaming. 
and some knights going alongside it. And what you do is the reaver hits something, and the knights wrap around back and pin it in place so it can't fall back. Which means the reaver gets to hit it again and again and again. And because the knights are blocking it, you can use um, fists and not worry about knocking the target out of range. Because there's that backstop now. Yeah. That's how I think this mana pool is meant to be run. That's actually not a bad idea, actually. I didn't even think about it like that. Using the knights as a way to trap... Uh, by the way, in 40k, this is what we call tri-pointing. <laughs> but uh, to trap in the model, that's actually... That's uh, a big brain move right there, actually. Uh, that, that, I think, is the best use. I mean, cause the other use is, is, uh, is a much more, you know, sort of basic level of... Oh, they're going to shoot my, you know, they're on a first fire, something like that. They're a good opportunity to be able to shoot my, my knights. Oh, I can move my reaver and I can still get my knights out of the way. But I like it more for they can actually essentially be stopping up the enemy. You know, especially now that they have some of these even cheaper knights. Yeah. Bring some of these little boys. Their only goal is to get behind and annoy. You know, there's get them definitely up. utility to be had here. Yeah. Um. You know, it's a reaver warhound manifold, so it doesn't have the heavy heavy guns. But with two reavers, you have enough like mid, you know, mid well, not mid strength, but like mid tier heavy. I guess I want to call it weapons. Like you could yeah. load up on melt cannons and things like that. Um. You don't need to go dedicated with any of you know the titans. You don't have to go specialist either. Like you could, I feel like composition, like weapons wise, this one's nice and flexible, yeah. but really benefits melee reavers. No, most definitely it does. And honestly, you know, if you, you brought the heavier ones. You could also use the knight as a physical screen to be mobile cover too. Yeah. Because it's intervening models. If it blocks enough of the models, so you could use knights to physically screen a warhound and give it a minus one to be hit. Those lancers are almost as big as a warhound. Yeah, they are. And your your bigger models would be too slow anyway. In general, you want something exactly. a little faster. So reaver or warhounds, I think, works best because the knights move so fast. These are things I'll actually keep up with them. But I I think it's a really nicely thought out maniple. Mm. I don't think it's a star, but it's no. a really nicely thought out thing. Yeah, there's and- definitely some nice synergies. And and if you have knights as well, if this you know if you're running some of these models and you have some knights as well, I find for me some of the times when I have the most issues running knights is when do I move them? When do I get them out of the way? If someone is trying to first fire, what am I giving up? Well, you know this might give you a little bit more of that ability to move around, a little bit more play with it all. I'm going to have to try one of these days. I'm have to try some other. I have to try some more maniples. All right, Dan, go ahead. I'm talk about your baby. So, um, let's see here. The Regia maniple. One of my problems. And this is what I'm one of the. I run this one very often. I do run a lot of maniples, but this has always been my, my go to feel comfortable. I've played it enough to kind of feel it out. And honestly, that's because of my Legio. So, the Regia maniple aptly named uh because there's a king and a queen is um two warlord titans and one warhound which is a very weird combo but it makes sense in a second um the optional components is you could add two more additional warhound titans 
Uh, so you can have three in total, essentially. So, uh, there's actually two manable traits. They're both under the same rule, but there's they do two very different things. Uh, so first of all, you have the war, the two warlord titans are essentially the, the king and queen. You can read you a manable. And they support each other in battle. So if they're within 12 inches of each other, if one successfully gains the order, the other one can, if it wants to, get that order without a command check. Um, I like this. And it does come up a lot. Um, yeah. I There are many times when I've rolled that one on a command check, um, and it, it sucks, uh, especially because you can't re-roll it. But if you get that two up and you want to just not fucking risk, you know, turn one double moving your warlords, just region maniple. They're within 12. 12 inches is a massive gap on a four by four board. Um, you want both of them to first fire just to really hammer home or kill something. Um, boom, you got that. Again, the reason I play this with Legio Furians is we get a little nice little war gear that has us ignore one of the negative ones when shooting. Um, so, you know, I can first fire both Warlords, um, one for free, one in the two-up, um, if the other one gets it, and, you know, I'm hit, I'm, 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 and you have no shield, I can target your body on a four-plus, which is fantastic. Um, the second part, though, is what really makes the Regium Maniple super, super cool. Uh, the Warhounds, right, that are very weird, are your courtiers. They're little knights, if you will. And their job is to shield the king and queen. So the courtiers can merge their void shields with the king and queen. It's as if they were part of the squadron. Um, and, so first of all, merging void shields. Well, we'll talk about that. And it can be within three inches. Normally when you merge void shields, and only warhounds can do this, you have to be base to base. Which is somewhat limiting sometimes in movement. The three inches rather than base contact is massive because you can actually hide your Warhound uh, behind a building and have it take the void hit uh, void shield hits instead of your Warlord. Um, and if the shields go down, who gives a shit? It's behind a building. Um, which is so basically you're giving it ablative uh, void shields. Um, so yeah, no, this is it's just a really good maniple. Uh, and it just works. Um, you have the two warlords, which are your two heavy... And I'll talk about my favorite... Uh, um, not component, Jesus. My favorite ornaments in a second. You have your warlords, which are usually very slow, very bruiser type, uh, or at least the way I run them. And you have your warhounds, which are very good flankers. Um, so it's just, a, and then you can also pair this with another maniple very easily, because two warlords and a warhound is only um, it's about a thousand points ish. Mm. So you can actually add seven hundred fifty more points somewhere else, right? Or you could take a support titan or two support titans. Um, normally, when I run this, it's two warlords, two warhounds, and a reaver. Um, and the reaver is actually dual melee, or uh, yeah, dual melee. Um, so again, it's just, it's, it's a, so many good combos. I just like it. It's such a cool thing. Um, and just the, the fluff is really cool too. The fact that you have a king and a queen on the board is a really cool thing. Um, I talk about the warlords. So warlords, um, especially in the Regia Maniple, I actually do a little bit of what Steve and Dave were talking about. So I, you, what happens is I take one warlord with missiles, quake cannon, and volcano cannon, um, with targeting aspects, obviously. And he sits in the back and he lobs shots. 
And then the other warlord is armed with a plasma, gatling, and laser blaster. Uh, and laser blasters aren't really used as much because they're 50 points, they're very expensive, and they're minus when a hit outside of 16. But because I have the targeting all specs, I don't care about that minus one. So they shoot six shots that can be shield bane, they're really, really good. Um, that's more of my bruiser titan. Or I say fuck it, and I run both almost exactly the same loadout and just run them up the board with the warhounds, and they're just very hard to deal with. Um, it, it's the most survivable one. That's a lot of meat. No, yeah, there's a, actually a more survivable one. The uh, yeah. uh the, 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 the Perpetua? The, yeah, is that uh, the yeah. Iron Warrior one? Is it Fortis? No, it's Fortis, isn't it? Oh, it's Fortis, sorry. The Perpetua is yeah, a different one. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but it is a man of... It, 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 it's durable, but it's flexible as well. That's what it is. It's It's not the most durable. It's not the most flexible. I think it's the most... Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not the most durable. It's not the most flexible. It's just, it's just it, well, it's good. it's like <laughs> okay. second in those. Yeah, okay. The Fortis is yeah. a little more survivable, but you have, in my mind, potentially much bigger downsides with the way that works. That yes. that one we'll get to very soon. This is a little less survivable. Part of it depends on your rolls. A little less survivable, at least in the begin. You know, later in the game, in the beginning, it's probably just about as good. And you can actually get a lot of movement. If you don't care about issuing orders to each other, you could have each one run off with one of the warhounds. Have two two warhounds, each one runs off with one. You know. Now you have a much, much safer warlord to be able to throw down all the firepower you want. And plus, since you can share shields three inches and all that, you could if your shields do get knocked out, you mercy repair on a warhound to get some shields going on. You're not losing a warlord's worth of shooting. Yeah. If you decide you need to redeploy somewhere. Yep. Yep. It's just a like I said, just a very good overall combo. It, that it's just it's a lot of fun to play. And again, it's just it's one of the very first. So I got into Titanicus when Titan Death came out. Hmm. Um, and this was I saw this, and I'm this is oh, wait, what box did I pick up? It was the it was the best box in my opinion. It was with like the with the warhound, the reaver, and the two warlords. I think it was the best box they ever produced. Uh, and I bought two of those boxes. And I was like, wow, so I'm just going to run the Regia and a support Reaver. And that's what I did for a very long time. Uh, yeah. All right. So we'll go on to the uh, the ones here on uh, page 14. Does anyone have a preference of which one they want to do on this page? <sighs> I'll do Fortis. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know I love my Ferox. I'll take Looper Call. That's fine with We can run... I fight Lupercal a lot, so I can talk about it. Okay, that's fine. So I'll, I'll introduce you. it, and we'll have you you talk about it more. But I'll I'll, I'll go okay. through it then. All right. So Lupercal Light Maniple, so three Warhound Titans. You can add extra Warhounds in. So this is this is the lightest you're gonna get. Um. So it's uh, Maniple trait. It's hunting pack. It says working closely together. The the Warhound Titans surround and pick off the foes many times their size. The big key of what they actually do. I noticed for some of these, they add fluff in their little sayings, and other ones they don't. I find that odd. Um, at the beginning of the round, any or all of the warhounds within the manacle can be formed into a squadron with other members in their manacle. These squadrons so last until the end of the round. This makes warhounds so good. Yes. Oh my yes, god. So the reason it does this is one. It lets you play a lot with activation economy. 
turn by on a turn by turn basis. It lets you play with your shield sharing on a turn by turn basis. It lets you do coordinated strike stuff on a turn by turn. Like every turn, you could change who's loaded up with who. So you could have one guy stripping shields, another one's out flanking to get bonuses. So you have a squadron, right? The squadron all, all attacks same target with at least one weapon then they all get a bonus of plus one to do damage to armor called coordinated strike so you could get a plus three between being in the rear arc and coordinated strike on a warhound mm -hmm. which turns mega bolters into strength seven weapons for example um it's nice and being able to change up who's in a squadron and who's not is really good because what my buddy likes to do is have a knot of three of warhounds just marching up the board that are all sharing shields in a little triangle and as long as they're going across the board i really can't scratch them they'll have like a two off one side doing something right but if i finally crack through the shields and there's like nine shields between these three warhounds and they're all taking turns pushing their reactors to spread out the heat, you know, damage from it. They've all got the free push on the um, shields for 10 points because, you know, of course you take that war gear upgrade when you have the points spare. Um, you know, if I finally crack it, okay, cool. One Warhound leaves the triangle and a new one walks in, joins the squadron, and is, you know, now the rock of a new triangle. Um, it's really nice. And if you you have to really kill something, or you really need everyone to get an order off. And you have all five Warhounds taking one order. You have your Princeps in there giving a plus two to the order. Each additional Warhound has the first, getting the same order as another plus one. Yeah. You could get a plus six to your command check. Yeah. Theoretically. It's nuts. Like, this makes Warhounds... They're already a flexible Titan in terms of mobility. This makes them flexible, like, almost across the board. So you, you answered my first sort of question or thought with this was, because normally you're restricted to three things in a squadron. Mm -hmm. This just says any or all can squadron as you like. So this isn't restricted. Is it? I would read it as no. No, no. you can go up to five. This yeah. breaks the base rule of Warhounds. Which, you know, yeah, you might only have one... Five of them is still cheap enough. You can have some other stuff, but if you really need to get through something, oh, I'm going for I I have the first. Uh, I'll be going first this round, say in shooting phase. Yeah, I'm gonna put them all together. I'm gonna crush also, whatever Titan I want. <laughs> exactly, and it's also very worth noting. To, and that since you mentioned crushing things, um, mm -hmm. this maniple at its minimum points value is 600 points exactly. Yeah, which means. You yeah. can squeeze in War Masters to yeah, seventeen fifty point games. Yep. Which is what I do. Um, and you you know you still get all the Warhound flexibility with activations, so you could drop in two act in two drops. War Master three Warhounds, right? Yep. Which means you get the D ten to have the first go. Yeah. But then in turn one, you change up your squadrons to be three individual Warhounds. Plus the Warmaster, giving you four activations. 
Mm-hmm. So you could stall out on movement. So your war master is lined up on something and just ruins its day. Or you start with the war master, ruin something with the first fire that's in front of you that made a mistake. And then the warhounds all get to move and outflank and set up for the following turn. Like it's nice. The activation play is probably the strongest aspect of this. Maybe tied with the shields. The shields might tie with the activation play. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Broken? No. No. Used to, no, because these things will still actually, die real easy. They actually nerfed the maniple. It used to also give an additional plus one to coordinated strikes. Yeah. Or plus two instead of a plus one. They determined that was too much and quietly pulled that out of the rules when they released the Legio books. Honestly, you don't even miss it because it's still such a good maniple. It's such a damn good maniple. And again, you can run the Warmaster. I will I will double... I, I think me... Did we play a 1750 game or did we play 2000? I think you guys played 2000. It was 17... 17- we played 2000, but we were originally looking at 1750, yeah, which is why you started out with this. I did yeah. a War Master in three. Well, I did. we did 2000, so I did more Warhounds. I think I did four, essentially. But yeah, no, a War Master and three Warhounds is a, is a actual list. Um, and by the way, the War Master could take Plasma as their, as their uh, titty weapons, yep. I guess, is what they're called. That's yeah. not um, what they're called. They for get sure. a plus one at long range. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it says right there in the 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 yeah, Principal Bellicosa Titanica. Sure. Almost a hundred percent certain it says titty weapons. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, but we the War Master gets a plus one to hit with the plasma guns at long range instead of a minus one, and yep. they did FAQ that that is correct and intentional. So the War Master plasmas are really nice. He's on two. The War Master cannot be your princeps because it's not in a maniple. Yes, which that's yeah, something to note. Mm. But like, so yeah. bad. <laughs> it, it 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 is how you get war master into games that aren't silly big, yeah. or you know the upper end of normal. All right, All right I guess I'll take the Fortis. All right. Um, Fuck up. Fortis. Right, I thought, I thought oh, Dan, I'm sorry, I was doing doing Ferox. Sorry, yeah, I, I got it mixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, wait a minute, yeah, go for it, go for it. <laughs> Fortis. I, I, I'm like, taking, oh, taking Fortis listen, away from wants to talk about it. Yeah, you know what? That, that's a fair point. That's all it boils down to. Oh, it's got Warlords. He wants to talk about it. Yeah, no, it's got Warlords. What the fuck? Yeah. No, so Fortis is is what we were talking about before, the most defensible maniple. It does have its problems, but again, Furion kind of, the reason I like this is because Furion does kind of, uh, with its strategy, not strat. is it stratagem? What the fuck is it called? I wanted to call it a stratagem. It's I know a stratagem. Legio trait? No, it's, it's, no, 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 a, it's, it's a Legio stratagem. stratagem. Legio stratagem. Okay, so with its stratagem, this actually it actually does help a little bit, but let's talk about it. So, a Fortis Maniple. Uh, it's mandatory is one Warlord and two Reavers. Look at that. Uh, and it's optional is another Warlord and another Reaver. So, essentially, this Maniple is, well, kind of in the name, Fortis. It's all about the defense. So standing pretty much uh the titans of the fortis battle maniple shrug off devastate blah 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 fluff 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 all right when a titan in a fortis battle maniple is in base contact with another titan in the maniple and neither titan has moved in the movement phase that's big 
The Titan ignores armor roll modifier results from structural damage or being attacked on the flank or rear. So I'm gonna, before I read the next one, I want to focus on that real quick. Yeah, finish the like, war um, first. One of the big things Steve said before was that the biggest problem with a warlord is if you flank it or you get behind it, right? If you're base touching and you do not move, now that flank attack or that rear attack, you don't get the bonus to damage at all. So um, the Pharaoh, uh, sorry, the Lupercal Manacle that does get that bonus, you know, to flanking and all that nonsense, um, just doesn't get it. You know, oh, I got Vulcan Mega Bolters in your back. I'm at plus bleh. And you're like, nope, no, you're not. You're it's gonna bounce. Strength four. It's gonna bounce off nothing because I'm a fucking warlord. So warlord's like armor twelve, right? Is, like armor twelve uh, mid on everything. Is, body is twelve. Head is thirteen. I yeah. Think. Question. That mark. means that you need at least strength six to maybe scratch it. Yep. So um, yeah. And uh, so that's really big. But again, you cannot move, which sucks. Now, by the way, it does mention the movement phase. I'm going to pause real quick. It does say the movement phase, meaning if you have the princeps trait that lets you uh, pivot when making an attack 45 degrees, which is why I like this with uh, Furians, you're not moving in the movement phase. You're moving in the... Uh, Yes, yeah. now you know where I'm going with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so, um, what you could do is is um, move one of the warhounds uh, or move one of the warlords up, um, and then in case they go left or right, pivot at forty five degrees so that it's still touching the other warlord, but. It, it, it moved in the shooting phase. And then, oh no, I'm at minus one hit. That sucks. But you're Furian. As long as you're outside of 12 inches, you don't give a shit. You ignore that one minus one. So that's why this is really cool. For Furian, at least. Um, you you got to learn to start talking this, about things outside of your infaction. Well, it's the only faction I fucking play. Just talk <laughs> no, about I, I do want to play. Then. No, but even a storm. You know, no. So even a storm. Even a storm, this is great. Because again, you take the princeps trait that because that's that's the next maniple I want to start. You take the princeps trait to, to rotate forty five degrees. Okay, now I have the minus one hit. But a storm is so good with shields and re rolling shields and re and re rolling one or they get the extras and stuff. This it's makes just it attacking scary. endurance on endurance. Yeah, on endurance on endurance. What the fuck do you do with this warlord titan that's now sitting in the middle of the table? You know. Um, well, you... but the second thing that it does, and this is, this is like, this is just adding more endurance on endurance. Uh, in addition, Titans in the Fortress Battle Maniple may merge their void shields. Now this is super big because it's not saying if they don't move, they merge their void shields. No, 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 It's in addition, just Titans in this Maniple merge void shields. Now the previous iteration of this was they both couldn't move to, ver to merge their void shields. That was the previous. They got rid of that. Now it's just if they want to, the Reaver can merge with the Warlord. The Reavers can merge with the Reavers. The Warlords can merge with the Warlords. This is fucking because let's say you know it's eh, Warhounds aren't next to me. They're not going to flank me. There's no rear. Um, they're too far away for now. Um, but they're in range of their Vulcan Mega Bolters, which can which can absolutely strip my shields bare. Right. 
you know, Steve moves up two Warhounds with, you know, four Vulcan Mega Bolters uh, aimed at my Warlords. This is going to suck. But they're not in my flank career, so eh, who cares, right? Just walk both Warlords up and touch. And now you have... Oh, crap. I should have had my... I don't have a thing. I, how many Warlord Shields does it take? What's a fucking Warlord? Uh, oddly enough, I have Battle Scribe open. It doesn't even, I'm not even seeing it now when I look at it. Oh, but okay, so boy, I, I, even if it's six, that's 12 fucking void six. shields. That's 12 void might be, shields. It might be five. It might be five. Might be ten, ten void shields. It, that's it's still, ten is still a lot. It's that not, is a lot. Yeah, and ten. then... And it's a very long three-up track. Wait, wait. Fun fact, it doesn't say it stops. So you want to merge one warlord, one warlord, and a reaver because whatever? Sure. <laughs> I, so, I would move Warlords first and then yes, Reavers. The Reaver, yes. yes. Because the Reaver's the flexible move. Uh, the big So they can make here, up for mistakes. Which, which, There's a lot which, of big problems, which, I think. The next problem is the movement. The movement on this maniple sucks bad. Like, yeah. oh my god. Lord have mercy on my soul. This is a slow maniple. Um, but you're not I mean, this maniple is in the Full stride if you just want to go straight forward. Yeah. I think you, you could problem, not move in the movement phase in full stride in the shooting is, phase. I think this is one of those maniples that looks really easy to play, looks really fun to play, but I dare say is actually one of the hardest ones to play because it requires yeah. such a degree of precise movement and thinking ahead that this is it, like this is one of those maniples that says, Oh, look at this, I can merge this, this, and this. But it requires you to think about where your opponent's moving what he's doing it's one of those it, it, I, don't, I, I don't know if i'm explaining this correctly is the problem i it, feel it, like this is a maniple that wants to be souped with a second maniple in a bigger game yes okay. like a minimum fortis and then like a looper cal or a venator to round out the points so you have you, something that moves and something that's your fucking anvil your fucking rock depending it's on ranker. what depending on what your mission is and all what you're actually trying to do to win this maniple i think can absolutely struggle with that because to get the bonuses out yeah you're everyone's moving much slower everyone's staying together maybe i'm not getting all my bonuses to your side but if i'm on your side you're not shooting me and exactly and, and so one thing you said dan is like oh you can take the warlord trait that lets you rotate the bases are oblong they're not round if you rotate Unless oh, you right. start positioned perfectly, yeah. you're not going to touch anymore. But that's no, not how shapes work. No, but I was going to say, you would have to... Again, this goes back to you would have to be able to position it correctly. But if I see there's Steve's almost warhouse, no very... way to do that because they're oblong. Well, no, uh, you, you would like take the other... Move the warlord up yeah. uh, two inches... And okay. then if Steve's Warhounds go to the left side or right, or what I'm saying is like, let's say Steve moves his Warhounds to my right side, right? So so your idea is they're not touching to begin with. They're going to touch when you rotate it. Well, no, let's say they're touching to begin with. Then you can't rotate them. No, no, no. Yeah, because you're, you're rotating around the center. No, no, no. You're no, either no, going no. to be get, no, what get I'm saying bigger is or to... smaller. No, let me finish. Let me finish. They're touching to begin with. Steve okay. moves his warhounds to my right flank. Sure. I move the war warlord up two inches, right? Which normally could not be done, but in the shooting phase, I rotate him. But then you're losing the benefit because you moved to the moving phase. No. Uh, well, no, no. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is right. what uh, you said. Yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, okay. if you're going to, that Warlord trait is useless in this. Because yeah. if you yeah. want your bon your benefit, you're going to lose it because you're going to stop touching oh, the no, Titans. Oh, no, because you save the Princeps for last. And then you spring it. Your Princeps should have a finisher configuration if you're going to try that. I think. Yeah, the, your, your Princeps is not going to... Essentially, you're not going to be touching the Titans until you turn. Because if you're touching before, you're not going to be able to turn. Yeah. Side by side, you could do it. Uh, start when you if you turn more than a few degrees you side by lose, side you're going to you stop lose contact it. yeah you're going to lose contact which means you lose your bonus right well yeah but at that point at the end of the turn you don't need the bonus anymore Are, but it only counts while they're touching right at all times right right but i'm saying at the the last thing you do is you use your princeps and he turns and attacks something so at that point oh, okay. like the turn is essentially over, and you've weathered the bulk of the storm. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You would have to do it that way. Yeah. You'd have to be able to let him essentially go last. Yeah. Which on a warlord probably not not as tough of a play to be able to do, but yeah, you'd have to wait on him. But I don't know. It's okay. I it I think it's a, a bit of a trap, though. honestly. Yeah. Mo I think I that movement is a huge part of this game. Yeah. And losing out on movement is such oh, no, downside. Yes. Like you I could agree. almost auto lose scenarios if you try to use these Legion rules. Uh, Actually, these absolutely. Rules. Wait, Steve, remember the uh the one versus two game I played where I was playing yes. double with her? This would be a great second maniple to bring. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Like, like I was saying, like it's a good game? it's a good anvil for a hammer and anvil setup yes. in a larger game. Yeah. It's a good support map. It's going to be weird to say, but it's a good support map. It is. It's not. It's it. Overall, I don't think it's a good mana pull if this is the main thing you're running, because you might not have much else, and you're you might not be able scenario, to play scenarios. Like yeah. a defend the castle, defend the castle scenarios. This could be an absolute blast. Yeah, but you're not launching an assault with this. No, you are not. No. All right. Uh, why don't you take the Ferrex Light mana pull there, Steve? Well. Yeah, this is what I was getting excited for, but the next was yeah. Ferox Light That's Maniple okay. is my child. Dave also absolutely loves this man. I do. I do. Um it is base configurement, one Reaver and two Warhounds. Um you could then add in another Reaver and another Warhound for two Reavers, three Warhounds. Which is actually a somewhat common composition I'm noticing. Um yeah. Maniple trait, Knife Fighters. Essentially, if you are in the shadow of a Titan, you get a bonus to do damage against it. And you could always choose whether you want to use your weapon skill or your ballistic skill when making attacks. Well, when within two. And you're going to use your ballistic skill because odds are it's better unless, you know, you're someone weird like Volta or something. True. Um, I just like, I like the first part. The second part never helps me, but I like the first part. I I love that first part because it affects everything. It means your smash attacks now essentially scale plus two. So Warhounds doing smash attacks at strength eight, making them a viable melee option if you get a long charge off. Um, Reavers get even more terrifying because your mm -hmm. power fists are essentially strength ten and your chain fists are essentially strength nine. Um, I, I love this maniple. Um, being able to pick weapon skill, ballistic skill means that instead of having to hit on 
fours with whatever modifiers, you're hitting on threes with whatever modifiers. So if you have, for example, a power fist that's a plus one to hit, normally hits on threes because you know four plus one is three, you're hitting on twos. Yeah. If you have a chain fist, you're hitting on ones, which means that if your opponent has like a negative to hit, you could ignore it. Um, you could use your guns in melee, which is why I actually usually rock up with a with um an all range loadout in this maniple with one of my reavers. It'll be a melta cannon, a gatling gun, and um something up top. Usually like a Vulcan mega bolter or a turbo laser, depending on how I'm feeling that day. The idea is the top the mega bolter would strip shields or the um lasers held off. Whatever happens, the melt cannon does wholesale damage, and then you follow up with the Gatling, because when you're targeting within two inches of something, you only minus one to hit. So your base BS three makes a minus one to four, and then a plus one for short back to three. Oh my god, it absolutely butchers things. It, it um, helps take those weapons extra, yeah. that are very meh in terms of once your shields are gone and starts making them a threat. You know, Absolute, one extra absolutely. makes a difference. Really yes, because what it does is it makes um, like a bolt, a strength four bolter into a strength five bolter. If you're flanking at strength six, if you're hard flanking at strength seven. Yeah. If you have your warhounds and your coordinated strike, it's strength eight. Mm-hmm. Existing damage could be up to strength 11 total. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, I think there's also a war gear option you take that would push it another point further. Like, it, you could stack some crazy mods on with this. And as a Legio Graphonicus player, um, I get to pick out a Titan target for my Titans. And until a different Titan in my Legio attacks that Titan, I get to reroll ones, which is just cool. I also got a plus one to armor rolls, which is going to stack with this. So up close, we're plus two. It makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. So I, I love the Ferox. Yeah. I have unfortunately defaulted to it for like two years straight. Yeah, so I'm I. working on breaking out of it. I, I think that's what I want to do. Um, I, of course, Titan in my possession dependent, but I want to use ones that I have not used, ones that maybe even I look and I'm like, I don't really like that, just to try it to see. Because usually I go with the Ferox. Because I'm like, well, based off what I'm playing, I want to get close. This one wants me to be close. All right, hey, that's a very natural fit. I, I want to start trying mm -hmm. out some different things, especially when we want to start talking about different um, lead, uh, Legios and all. I'd like to actually play mine as something different just to get a feel for them because it's hard to talk about how something is when you don't have the experience with it yep and so. other thing too is like ferox scales points wise nicely yeah it does and by that i mean like you could play it in small games because it's a reaver and two warhounds but you could also you know the second reaver now brings up like a medium-sized game with just the maniple yep and then you throw in some knights and you have a you know like a big game or you could, you know, do this and another small maniple. Like it's, it's a great thing to start out with, build up from, build toward, like whatever direction you want to take. Like this is, a, it's a great choice. Like some other man, like the Fortis maniple. Like you kind of locked into medium to large games because it's you know, warlord and two reavers. This whatever size it is, you could 
you could play this manifold. Yeah. He's uh, got damn. a lot of options. Who's on the receiving end? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of new manifolds, the next one uh, is something I've been running more and more, actually. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go to the next one if you guys are done. Yeah, yeah go for I'll it. I'll take the I'll next one. Yeah. Um, that's the Arcus. Um, and I've just been running this one more because it actually is kind of fun and also, again, because of Furion. Um, so, uh, Arcus Manipole uses the Warbringer Titan uh, as the mandatory and two Warhound Titans. And then it has two additional Warhound Titans as it's optional. So you could have one and two to four Warhounds. And basically what this one does, and Steve actually actually correct me because I was I was actually playing it wrong before. Um, in a bad way, I was hurting myself and Steve had to correct me to help myself. Uh, so the Warbringer Nemesis Titan um, from this manipul can attack enemy units indirectly if they do not have line of sight to that unit. So long as the target is within line of sight of the Warhound Titan from this maniple. So essentially now your war your Warbringer, which by the way can take a Warlord weapon on, on the carapace. Um and also I'll get to what its arm weapons are gonna be in a second, but it now does not lead line of sight. It can shoot now how a volcano cannon arcs its shot over a building. Um I don't know. It's I mean, like this is a kid that from downtown. Supercharged, goes right through. Through the building, exactly. Goes right through. But, you, but you... I just one of those things where I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> but, it fires um, it from downtown. Yeah. That's all it is. So firing indirectly in this manner confers a negative two modifier on the two hit roll, which for Furion becomes negative one. Uh, in addition, an attack with blast. Now, this is where I fucked up, and I was laughing when Steve told me. Um, in addition, an attack with a blast weapon from the Warbringer Nemesis Titan that misses scatters D6 instead of D10 inches when it's in line of sight of the Warhound. I kept thinking it was D10. Steve had to walk over and be like, no, Dan, it is D6. And I'm like, excuse me? Yes. So basically, I was running a Warbringer with, uh, it was a corrupted Warbringer, mind you, with a triple volcano cannon. So two volcano cannons on its on its arms, and a volcano cannon uh, on its carapace. Oh my god! Um, which, so burned up like you, the sun. On, Dan was wondering. Yes, Dan is no. a bad person. No, no, hold on. <laughs> now, mind you, this is going to suck for a Furion because we actually have to roll command checks on blanks and also machine spirits. Um, so we're we're rolling command checks a third of the time rather than a sixth of the time, which does suck. Um, and a corrupted titan makes you minus. Um, what minus three or minus two to command I, checks? Yeah. Um, and I gave him frozen soul only because frozen soul helped me with the goddamn heat that I was generating. Um, so <laughs> you roll like this, but now you're shooting. You stick it behind a building. You're shooting volcano cannon shots, hundred twenty inches. So the whole four foot board behind a building that they cannot see you. Um, and you're only scattering, now that I know this, 1d6. So that small three-inch mm. blast template is most likely going to hit you. That carapace weapon that's a large ordnance blast template, which I believe is five inches, will absolutely hit you every single time. Um, the hole might not be over you, but it'll still clip you. Um, and that's that's really, 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 really good. Um, oh, Dan, it gets better. Wait, wait, In hold on, oh, I'm going to give it done. Hold on, hold on. Oh, you're still, oh, you're still, I apologize. Oh, no, well, as I was thinking about this, I started getting cheesier. <laughs> the I way started, the game should be played, I, of course. 
Yes, the way the game should. No, no. Um, never do this. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, so you run the Corrupted Titan, you run the Triple Volcano, right? Whatever. Um, and then um, Furion, right? I didn't even give it to the damn mana pool. I didn't even realize I could. But you can take the Furion mana pool, the stratagem, which is uh, your mana pool gets to fire an additional weapon for an extra heat. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you spend one heat to fire an additional weapon, uh, a weapon in addition, again, basically. So you can essentially have four volcano shots. Uh, or two arm shots and two carapace shots downrange, um, which is just an obscene amount of firepower. Now they have their void shields up. Um, that's a war Come back war. later. They could fix it. Yeah. War hounds in here. But if it's someone's war, that's, this happened during the game. I didn't, I, my, they didn't do like, they didn't kill it, but it was a double shot to the body, which crippled it. One shot to the legs, which hurt it very badly, and one shot to the head, which hurt it. The Titan was just like knocked, um, and yeah, it was it was just really cool. To be fair, we were also playing like on a, on a fucking twelve by four foot board, so the fact that it was arcing shots halfway across the goddamn city was just a really cool thing to imagine. Now, what were you going to say, yeah. Steve? Now I'm curious. Oh, so I was going to say, in Nijo Mordaxis, you could upgrade three-inch blasts to five-inch blasts. Mm-hmm. Wait, what happens to five-inch so, blasts? Well, the carapace is five, but the yeah, arms, the, the arms are is only three-inch three blasts. So you're just tossing three five-inch blasts. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and also note, you don't only have indirect fire with the blast weapons. You could indirect fire like laser blasters or whatever. Yes, true, yes. true. I should put fire Gatling guns. But like no, but all your weapons gain the option. Oh, but where's the fun in that? No, no, if no, you're no. not worried That's about true. literally That's exploding true. your Titan, you so can yes, take other weapons. Is... Okay, explode my Titan every single. I I don't think my Warbringer has ever died to enemy fire. I wanted to say my I've either killed it from just pinging the body from orange, or I've detonated it from red. <laughs> well, yeah, you with the weapons you're running. Yes, that's exactly how it will die. That's how it's supposed to do. No. Yeah, this is absolutely a fun manable to play. Yes. Yeah. That's um, what I'm Sometimes you don't play Titanicus to see you win. Sometimes you play Titanicus to just see literally the world burn. And I do mean literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, a big thing to note, this is indirect fire. This is not the barrage special rule. No. So... There is a stratagem for forward observers that let your barrage weapons fire indirectly at full effect. Even, it, you know, um, as long as the spotters can draw line of sight, that does not work for this. No. Um, but you do get the D6 scatter when you have line of sight. So you could, you know, hit on a three up with a D6 scatter if you have line of sight with both the Warhound and the Warbringer. It's, it's nice. Arcus is nice. Um, who wants to take Ruptura? Uh, I'll, I'll take that one. Because I want to take Mandatum. Yeah, that's right. I'll take I'll take Ruptura. Okay. All right, so for the Ruptura battle line mana pool, so you have to bring two Warbringers for this one and one Reaver. Optional, you can throw up the two more Reavers into it. So this is Artillery uh, Bastion. Once per round, Reaver's Maniple can de- declare power to locomotors without pushing the reactor. So just further movement, no issues. Very good. In addition, 
When enemy unit suffers catastrophic damage as a result of attack made by one of the Warbringer Nemesis Titans from this maniple, each of the Reavers, so one mandatory, you could have up to two more, each of those Reavers can immediately make a move as if it were the movement phase. A Reaver Titan cannot benefit from this ability if it's prevented from um, moving. Um, I don't have two Warbringer Nemesis Titans, so I've never run this. Um, I I do like it overall. I like the fact that each of these... Um, wait, so once per round, a Reaver Titanus Manipole can declare... So that's only one of them gets to declare it. Not each one gets to declare it in a yeah, single right. round, yes? One of them goes fast without pushing the reactor. Okay. Still not bad. I mean, with them, I'm not quite so concerned with pushing the reactor. Still useful, though. Um, needing to get them to suffer catastrophic damage to then get the movement... Uh, it's a I hard sell. Yeah, I don't know. It's you can envision that perfect case where that happens, and then you're able to get closer up the board because you have them geared out for close quarters battle. You got a melee weapon and something else like a gallon bus, something that's shorter range that you want to get into someone's face, but you need to be causing catastrophic damage. And we're looking at what. Probably four, eight. Looking at what? Probably near twelve hundred points for what's in here. If you're taking the minimums, once you throw, once you throw weapons on them, I didn't throw any weapons on it first. But once you throw yeah. those, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it would have very cool stories, but I think very often it's not going to do you much of anything. Agreed. I'm not in love with this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna agree with you here. This one is more like me. I mean, because what, what's the what could if you don't put anything special on them, what could we get out of here with if we don't actually want to put oh, anything fancy? Let me check. Hold on. In addition, when none of those kind of stuff, maybe like okay, maybe a trader yep. player. Okay, 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 I got this. Maybe a trader player, because uh, a warbreaker is gonna do catastrophic damage. Uh, to something because that's... over time though it means it has yeah, to kill time. it but here's it has to outright kill an enemy titan so it has no, to be no, no. It's just one of the unit suffers catastrophic oh catastrophic has to kill that's, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah catastrophic's the actual the death how big do i explode yeah you were thinking critical damage if it was critical yeah. i would i don't if it was critical i don't think it would be overpowered but i would like it more catastrophic yeah, it, it has to kill something to yeah, you're, okay, never mind. You're looking at a minimum 375 per Warbringer if you're keeping them cheap as cheap as can be, and I don't think that's the right way to run them. No, because you're not going to kill anything like no. that. And then you have your Reaver's going to have to be quite a bit more as well, because, what, even if you keep them as cheap as can be, we're looking at, for a Reaver, you're looking at near 290. So, yeah, you're looking at near 1,200 points close to bare bones probably 13 1400 the way you'd want to run them and then you're still just hoping you kill something okay okay here we go maybe it's just it's the only mana i see that you can bring to warbringer titans if you if you need to fit things in your mana pool yeah you could take them outside though i would i would rather take you know the arcus or something like that with one if i want two warbringers i'll bring that and i'll just bring the separate one or yeah, yeah or, or something else, and throw a couple of Warbringers in. Take a Looper Call, take a Ford, take a Ferox, 
And uh, I'll, I'll throw some of these well, guys Actually, out. it is an auxiliary titan. So you have at most one, oh, so one. added per manifold. So an Arcus plus an extra. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. If you really want or to run two, Legio, that's a way to run two. Or to this, you could sub out a Warhound for an extra Warbringer. And it would still get the Arcing Fire. So for yeah. this, you might enjoy Arcus and pretend it's a Ruptura. Well, sorry. Take a... Make a better Arcus. Rupture yeah. is not... I don't see any real... No. I, honestly, I think Dan's right. The only reason is if you really want two Warbringers. If that's like yeah. a real... You're really wanting that, there's a way you could do it. I don't think it's going to be very good. Like I said, you'll get one cool story. You'll do it at some point where then you're going to push, you're going to you get into range, and you're going to put a power fist through some other Titan's face with your Reaver. And it'll be neat. And that'll be the only time it ever happens. And every other time you'll be sad. Yep, pretty much. So. Yep. All right, let's get to something, let's get to something better. Tell me to do, tell me yeah. do a better, uh, better mana pool. I am enjoying this mana pool. So in my efforts to break for my infinite Ferox loop, I said, you know what's not a Ferox mana pool? Warlord Titans. You know what model I really need to finish building and painting? My Warlord Titans. <laughs> Let me motivate myself by playing a manifold with a Warlord Titan in it and see how I like it. I love this man. I love this manifold. Its base component is a Warlord and two Warhounds, and I can take up to two additional Warhounds. Essentially, it is a Hound Master and his Hounds. It's a hunting pack. Um, so, um, if your Warlord Titan's alive, Warhounds get a bonus of two to their command checks. You go from a five up to a three up. That's huge. Very much. It makes your orders actually reliable on Warhounds, which is not at all a normal thing. And this is what I really love about it. Warhound Titans get an extra plus one to hit. All attacks made against targets within 12 inches of a Warlord Titan. That's nice. Um, it can make up for um, target attacks if you're trying to if you're trying to make turbo lasers work. I feel like this is a good maniple for that because the minus two for targeting is partially canceled out by that plus one. Um, it makes plasmas nice at long range it just it's just nice to get a plus one to hit that is not a common thing in this game no i think not. dan i think dan would really get a lot out of this manifold with his furians because if you stack the plus one game. with the ignore a minus one that could be what, nice. what is that one warlord two reavers four but i'd have to buy two more reavers I don't want to no no warhounds warhounds you're looking at the wrong one. Yeah. Oh, Warlord not. and Warhounds. Oh. Yeah. So Dan, what you might so what's really nice about this is that your Warhounds, the plus one to hit, are hitting on twos with their mega bolters at twenty inches. They're hitting on ones or hitting on threes with plasma. Eight. Yeah, or threes with plasma at short. I mean or at long. With, yeah. Or no, or twos with plasma. Or twos at short, yeah. Like no, this no, no, no. is nice. Two's at long. Oh yeah. So with this maniple, you want a up close ish warlord. Um, I would not invest too many points in the carface weapon because minimum ranges on a warlord suck. 
Um, if you're not in a Warlord and Warmaster heavy meta, um, the Packmaster means your Warlord is probably not shooting its carapace too many times. So it keeps that cheap. But your arm weapons, you could go all out with those short range weapons. I think this would be great for Gatlings, mm-hmm. Plasmas, and you could even throw a fist in here and Actually, not yeah. feel like a complete idiot. Because you're literally spending the entire t- game pushing your Warlord to move, move, move. And even at six inches, which is slow, you're going to cross the table eventually. Hey, Steve, you want to throw if you, if you full stride it, you could go 12. I know, I know. You could warp displacement as a traitor and all that silliness. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not even no, no? the traitor stuff. Um, give the Warhounds the um, the Furion um, targeting. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Their so you do targeted hit. shots at base ballistic skill. No, 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 no. They hit their plasmas on twos at long range. Oh, you're a bad person. Yeah, because they get plus one to hit. Why did I mention ignore, this? Why did I have to mention minus, your Furion? So you can have one, two, three, four, eight. What are they? Two shots each? So yeah, one, two. Two, four, or, oh, shit, four, eight, 12, 16 plasma shots hitting at twos at 24 inches. It's nice. What? That's gross. Although your Warhounds are now going to cost, oh God, hold on. How much are Warhounds? 180? 180 They're base. Two, they are 240 with double plasmas. Yeah, 240. And then, so they'd be 255 with, uh, Honestly, worth it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, worth it. Hit on twos at 24 inches with plasmas, worth it because that's effective shield stripping and damage dealing as required. I want to try this now, Steve. Come over to my house, let's do this. No, no, that I, th- doesn't, I think I that think doesn't sound like got, a fun I think Dave's game got this one. I think Dave's got this one. I'll, I'll, as long as you don't run Ford, it's fine. Oh, no, sorry, not yeah, Ford. Um, as long as you don't Ford run your uh, your actual Legio because that doesn't yeah. sound fun. Yeah, no, it does not. Yep, run it, run Ooh, it as a different Legio, right, you know we'll what? do it. You know what? Run rupture against this because I I have to see you know just how horrible a game can go. I think that's probably the worst <laughs> I could ever see this game being. Rupture into this monstrosity of fury. And you've never like thought about that before. I haven't yeah, read no. about that. Oh yeah, I this is one of the newer manifolds. This yeah. I want to say is like rupture and Arcus was shadow and iron. So this would be um what was the one after that? I'm liking on the names. The names are um, all so weird. And they all start blending towards the end. Like the first three were distinct. I this like um Crucible of Retribution, I want to say. It's like I think it's around there. So yeah, this is motivating me to actually finish my warlords because That's this actually, is fun. Yeah, I did not think of that as an as that okay. And because it's a warlord and two warhounds, by the way, the only mana pull that's a warlord and two warhounds, so it's the cheapest way to squeeze in a warlord. Um, you can even play this in a 750 game. Because the warhounds... No, you can't. I can't do math. You can squeeze it to a thousand points. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah, Crucible Retribution, I think I, is I what can't. you're thinking of, yeah. Yeah. This would be a nice thousand point list, I feel. I agree. With the with the minimum, because it makes the warhounds like super tweaked, and a warlord is just brutal at that size because it's hard to counter a warlord at that at that size game. So this is definitely like this is definitely one to watch out for. If there was ever a tournament for Titanicus, I feel like 
which I don't want ever to happen. Please don't turn Titanic into 40k. Yeah, but, and that's um, what's happening next month. Yeah, they're playing a tournament. Here's the thing, April though. Ninth. You it's can play, you can play a tournament and just have fun. fun. You don't tournament. have to bring the we crazy shit. Other. If you're a dick, we're dragging you off the campus and we're just gonna kick you in the dick till you repent. It's fine. Yeah. Don't bring four plasmas. I almost want to bring it just to play one game. Oh no, you can't change the list. Obviously, damn, I do want to try it though. Oh my god, that is yeah. stupid, nasty. Have fun playing a game by yourself. No, like, yeah, exactly. I, I, oh my god, you have enough titans to play against yourself, Dan. You could do it. You could do that, actually. I could. Oh, tell you god. what, when we start recording stuff, because I've getting some different things set up for recording we'll record that and we'll show just how bad it is and we'll put that on youtube oh god oh god i'll, I'll title the video a slaughter and oh well, no i'll have to title it something that won't get it flagged by youtube i'll come yeah, up with something immediately all right so um for these last ones since there's there's a lot of these and maybe in the future we'll go through them in more detail but we're going to try to rapid fire through these these last ones here so i think steve was going to take uh perpetua yeah, so Perpetua Manipul, it's like the other Fortis. Um, basically, it's the it's like the Myrmidon of defense, I want to call it. So it's a Warlord and two Reavers. You could add two more Reavers. And its thing is you get emergency repairs on a two-up no matter what. And you get an extra die for repairs during damage control phase, specifically, if they did not move. So it's like a half Myrmidon, half Fortis sort of deal. Um, I feel like this is really cool for story reasons. Yeah. But like the Fortis, it's a trap. Because Agreed. if you're constantly emergency repairing, you are going to find yourself at... You're playing half an army at a time when you do that. Half a game at a time. Because either you're moving or you're attacking. Um. I feel like you're not going to use the repairs often, I should but point it out. is clutch to get it on two ups unmodifiable. We'll point out that with and easy. the bonus defense dice yeah, is say, all the yeah. time, I, as I, long I, as you haven't moved. But again, Legio you're giving up Storm. movement. Legio Storm was really good with this because they already get the uh, the reroll uh, repair dice rolls. Um, and so just adding already another dice to it that can also as well be repaired makes for a very good um, kind of durable maniple because they can reroll. That's what it is. So th them so this is as long as you haven't, as long as you don't move. So like the Fortis, it you get slowed down a lot. Yeah. And yeah. It's uh, it's. I feel like it's one of those maniples that's annoying to fight, not so much one that's fun to play. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Neither of you is going to have a great time. Exactly. It's like, yeah, exactly. I'm here just rolling to stay alive. You're here rolling to kill me. That was a really fun game. It, it's like, yeah. like the Fortis, it's like a scenario one, I feel. It's like, there's a scenario you have in mind. This maniple could be used to, you know, to play out the story. Yeah. This next one, though. Yeah. This well, is a Dan one, yeah. I feel. Either, do you I'm want to run through this down or do you want me to? Yeah, take this one, because okay. I'm going to wait for Dominus That's on fine. this one. Um, so this is the Exergemus uh, Battleline Manipul. So it's three Warlords. Uh, if that's not enough, throw an extra Warlord in. You still don't like it, throw a Warbringer in there. Uh, Scorched Earth. So during the combat phase. So uh, that's important. It's in the combat phase. So you can't do this if you do 
first fire in the movement phase, but during the combat phase, when you're going to make an attack with a weapon that's not a melee weapon, you may increase the strength value of the weapon by two for the duration of the attack. You have to declare before rolling to hit. If you do so, your reactor level is going to go up by one, or it's going to go up by two if it has a dice value of five or greater. So if you're firing with a big um, a, a weapon with a lot of dice. And this is in addition to anything else um, that advances the track that the weapon fires. So, I mean, you it's got to be a hefty game if you're talking about three, maybe wanting to bring something extra. I do like the ability a lot. I actually do like this quite a bit. The cool rule. It, it is very cool. You're getting a little hotter, but you're on Warlords. You're not quite as worried about that. And plus two on the weapon, or you may be getting hotter by one or two, depending on it. But a plus two, that's that's huge. Strength 12 plasma, or yeah. strength 14 if you do an experimental weaponry. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, overcharge cannon, but yeah. Um, yeah. I want to try this with Gryphonicus, subbing yeah. in Reavers for the Warlords. Hmm. Because that brings Reaver up to Warlord strength tier at the cost of some heat. Yeah. The the problem to me with this is I would need to have three Warlords, and I do not. Otherwise, I, w- I would absolutely try this. Because I think even some of the other guns that, you know, maybe don't take quite as much could actually still be really, really great. I think that could be amazing with uh, the Volkite. Oh, God. The Volkite Destructors? Yeah. Because when you do six. the beam attack, you do the beam attack, it auto-hits, and you target. Yeah. Getting it's... plus two strength on top of that. It's nice and strength you're attacking something, it's... Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's strength 10. Right? Because it's base strength 8? No, but base strength 6 on oh, base strength, okay, destructors. Six, so 6 goes up to 8, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, that, if it's that's previously damaged, that's an extra plus 1 to plus 3, potentially. Like this, that could. That's a finisher maniple. That's a yeah. finisher weapon in this maniple. Now is that's nice. Makes an attack with a weapon. Increasing that weapon. It is for each weapon though. The way I read it, that you would declare it. So if you're doing plus two on, it's not plus two to the titan. It's like plus two to that weapon. So you are not going to want to put it on all, all your stuff. Like you don't want to actually be running like oh, I'm running all this heavy stuff and they're all plus two. No, you were gonna you're gonna burst in the flames. You know so. Yep. Put it on that lower weapon to make no, sure it hits. Still, I do not mind. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're gonna wreck your whole your whole bit of uh, your things there. All right, so next one up then is this is a uh, fun one. Is Firmus? Do you want to go through this one, Steve? We'll save Dominus for Dan. Yeah, we'll save that for Dan. So Firmus is it's an interesting one. It's like an almost war machine manifold. I want to call it. Just because so War Machine does weird stuff. That's why I. It's like a. It's an almost Dominus. It's an almost Dominus man. So it's composed of one Reaver and two Warhounds. It could add two more Reavers. So up to three Reavers and two Hounds. Um, the, the special rule they get is when you attack a uh, Titan in the Manifold. The owner of the tight of the you know the target Titan can choose to try to reroute the attack to a different Titan in the manifold, as long as the Titan's at least fifty percent visible. So basically, as long as they don't have heavy cover um, to the attacking unit, um, the attacker can then pass a command check to ignore 
the reroute and attack the original target. Um, and this also would cancel out split fire if you fail that command check to ignore True. the penalty. Um, it's an interesting one. I can't think of an amazing setup for it. No. But I do think that it could be used in the right person's hands. Yeah. I think this pairs nicely with this pairs nicely with Solaria's minus one to hit on Warhounds. Mm -hmm. As long as they haven't taken damage. Because that is in addition to a minus one for um, light cover. Or minus two, which would be really nice if you happen to catch them failing their command check. That command check thing takes a lot of the oomph out of this mana boy. It absolutely does. And the other thing, that the last little line they put separate, a unit can only be forced to take this check, this check once per round. Right, so, so if they pass that, that check, you can't force them to try again and again. Yeah, so I mean, if they're on a first fire, you make them take it, they pass it, they're good the rest of the round. They don't have to ever try again. Yup. I don't, I'm not a big fan. I see it as a way you either put your Warhounds in front to save your Reaver, or you put your Reaver in front to save your Warhounds. Exactly. And if I think the... it pairs with Stratagems, and it yeah. pairs with Solaria. And that's... That's about it. ...what it does. Because the things that you're most worried about shooting at you are going to probably pass their command checks because they have really good command. I'm not worried about the Warhound on a command five shooting like my other warhound i'm worried about the warlord who's sitting on a command three or maybe he's the princeps getting on command you know oh no exactly. so he's still be on three for this because it's not in order like no nah, I'm, exactly. I'm not exactly so basically your this maniple depends on well the good roll of one eventually yeah which is not great yeah or hope they brought From, uh, warhounds or hope they brought a loop or that they brought corrupted titans yeah hope yeah, they brought all corrupted titans yeah all right dan speak to us of dominus Dominus. So I actually tried Dominus when it came out in the White Dwarf. Mm -hmm. It didn't change. Um, right. I just never played it. Um, and I love it. I actually do love it. This is actually one of my favorite mana, top three favorite mana pools. Um, this is the only time you'll see me run knights, too. I don't actually run knights ever until I run this. So it's uh, one Warlord, two Reavers, and then a f uh, two Reaver Mountains, and then one forced uh, banner of either Crystorus or Serastus Knights. Yep. You can take an additional two Warhounds, and then you can take an additional Banner of Knights. So you can take one Warlord, two Reavers, two Warhounds, two Banners. And it's it's very much like an axiom if you think of it. But um, they get two manifold traits. Uh, first of all, um, Knight Banners that are including the Dominus Battle Force cannot benefit from obscuring cover. So you can never have obscuring cover if you're a Knight Banner. Um... Basically, but, no hit penalties for cover. Yeah, you, you have a line of sight or no line of sight. Yeah, if a knight banner from a dominus battle force maniple is wholly within six inches of a titan from the same maniple, um, and it says all knights from the banner are within six inches, so you can't um do that weird like can't one banner, out. one knight. Within, yeah, that changed. That's what they changed. They changed. Okay, yeah, that's the change. Yeah, you used to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, and both the titan and at least one knight from the banner is visible to the attacker. Attackers made from the titan more than two inches away suffer a minus one hit modifier to hit roll this is again what steve said before minus ones are a dime a dozen but adding another one out in the open is amazing especially if you do this for a warlord right mm -hmm. so you do like a, a, a small contingent of lancer banner a, a small contingent of a lancer banner protecting a warlord making him minus one to be hit 
on a warlord is amazing. I'll tell you what I used to do with this in a couple seconds, though. Um, uh, noble sacrifice when a titan in the Dawnus battle force maniple takes a hit from an attack originally more than two inches away. The Titan may transfer the hit to any knight model from the same animal within six inches as long as that model is visible to the attacker. And the hit must be transferred before any armor rolls are made. So basically, and again, the chosen knight suffers the full effects. Um, this, you center the blast template over the knight. Um, blah, 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 blah. Right? Basically, you can't cheese it. So you get the full effect. Your knights will take the hit. And again, this is amazing. It's almost like it's like um, the Regia Maniple where you're sharing um, shields your knights are taking hits for you. So all of a sudden, let's say, you know, your shields are down and a volcano cannon comes in, right? That's going to fucking hurt. Take it on your knight. Sure, they'll die. Oh, damn. You're thinking too small. Shit. Huh? This is the most game-breaking maniple. And really? I'm really sad they didn't nerf it harder. Because here's the thing, Dan. What are knights really good at saving against and not care if they fail their save? Everything? Shield strippers. Yep. Knights do not care if you're hit by shield strippers. Sure. So Lancer Knights, like, all volcanic... So you, shoot, you shoot a Titan, and you divert the Mega Bolter to the Knights. Okay, Okay. cool. So you're forcing your opponent to play with Split Fire, to maybe shoot the Knights with, like, their Bellicosa and their missiles or whatever at the Titan after the Knights are dealt with. But then they're not turning. Like, it forces your opponent to play a game that they not don't necessarily want to play essentially because the knights soak up all the shield stripping power okay i wasn't even thinking about that but that makes sense yeah Yeah, and you're making it minus one to hit the titan so they don't necessarily want to shoot at the titan yeah but depending on their weapons it might be of no use against the knight yeah, I was literally thinking about the minus one hit. I wasn't even thinking about, like, divert, divert. oh, God, that's actually, oof. Yeah. You divert the shields, and you just tank the Bellicosa, because, oh, no, you knocked out a shield. So sad. Yeah. Anyway, this is a very mean maniple in the right person's hands. And it pairs nice with Solaria, because their Warhounds with the minus one to hit. It's an extra minus one to minus two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Like you, you, you could do to some take out nasty stuff. With That's this. what it boils down to. You have to. Have and if you want to protect your knights, you drop a concealment barrage, not concealment, a uh, the um, the blind barrage yeah. to protect the knights. That's a minus two to hit the knights. So oh, I'll kill the knights first. Well, it's minus two to hit the knights because the blind barrage because yeah, it's obscuring terrain that they don't get the benefit of. Yeah, <laughs> there there's a lot of ways to break that maniple, and I'm sad that that didn't get. The reroute command check thing. Also, I'm mad that the knights were fucking leaping ten stories in the sky to intercept a hit off a warlord's head. I'm surprised no one runs it. I'm okay. People do. People do. At the when this dropped, one of my buddies ran this a lot. Okay. It's why I'm such an ardent user of melta cannons. Why I'm an ardent user of quake cannons. Um, Dave actually is the reason because why there's, because there yeah. were because there's no quake cannons on Reaver Titans. Yep. Oh, oh, well, I think Warlords. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's yeah. before it was before they dropped the um, the Warbringer, and I want to invest in an entire Warlord just to counter knights. Yeah, no, because these were also like twelve hundred point games you were playing at the time. Yeah. All right. Uh... Um, so yeah. Yeah, we're gonna move on to to try to keep these yep. last few here as fast. I'll I'll go through. Oh it. yeah, yeah, keep it going. 
That's right. Um, so Ignis adds three Warhounds, uh, Sarasis Night Banner. You can take two more Warhounds if you want, two more Sarasis Night Banners. Um, so consuming fire. Units with this mana pull add one to the die value of any weapons with a Firestorm trait. So they get extra shots off of that. In addition, they may have may reroll armor rolls of one for an attack made with a weapon with a Firestorm trait. Sarasis Knight banners with the Ignis Light Mana pull must be upgraded to a Sarasis Knight Archerons. Um, in addition, Knight banners included in this mana pull within six inches of a Titan from the same mana pool, maybe issued a first fire or full stride order without needing to make a command check. Um, if that Titan was already issued that order. So if the Titan takes a first fire or a full stride, they're close enough, they'll get it as well. Um, I don't run a lot of template stuff, but if you do like that idea, which means you want to get close, because if you're going to run this, you do need to get up in someone's face, then I do think it could do a lot of good or just a lot of fun. Um, but since you can't aim a template, I think they always uh, have that chance of struggling. Because you won't get to choose where it's actually going to go. And you might keep hitting different spots, so it could take forever. Because um, what, it's three on it normally, so you're getting four? Three, yep. yep. I mean, that's that's good. You know, that's definitely good, but I don't what know. What you do is you hurt something with the flamer and you follow up with the smash attack yeah like you get right under those shields with it yeah and then the knights have the chain fists so they have rending which means they could theoretically also do damage as a follow-up with melee weapons oh that that's the other weapon on an archeron yep okay chain oh, fist i wasn't sure what it's, uh, like, it's like a, what it's a tiny were. chain fist okay yeah strength seven not bad yeah, rending. Yeah, rending. It's, that's not bad. It's an alternative to the Lupercal manifold. Yeah, it's something that Audax could take. It's one of the three that Audax gets access to. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. It's no, worth no, playing at least once just to see what happens. I don't say it's something that you must. You know, you must try this. Yeah, it's no, a. It, yeah, it, it seems proxy, like it's a fun. It, one. It's a proxy. It. It's a proxy. It list. Yeah. Proxy. It. See how you like it. If you love it, okay, maybe invest. But otherwise, don't buy that box of knights because those knights are really bad otherwise. Oh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely agreed. You don't want them in any Proxy other case. Proxy your Lancers that day. Be like, oh, okay, that was fun. And then never do it again. Never do it again. Um, I'll take the precept. Uh, right. Precept. Wait, can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, we can yes, hear you. Yes. Keep going. Like, we weren't stopping you. I'm so weird. I'm like, Oh, yeah. It's the so other, other, other axiom. Yeah, the other, other, other axiom. Like, I like this, though, because it gives you variants. Uh, one Warlord, one Warbringer, and one Warhound, mandatory. Optional is one Reaver, one Warhound. So this is actually, I think, better than the axiom, because it's literally, you have the one Warlord, you could take one Warbringer, you could take one Reaver, you could take two Warhounds. I think this is the axiom of the axioms. And this, it's better, too, probably. But anyway. Flexible tactics at the start of each strategy phase before any orders are issued. The controlling player may choose a single order for the precept maniple. If multiple precept maniples are present on the battle group, each maniple can break a different order. Until the end of the round, titans within this maniple can be issued the order on a 2+, plus, ignoring any modifiers. Any titans issue an order other than the one chosen makes a command check as normal. Um, I like this one. This one's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, It gives you the variance of if you have like one of, if you want to run one of each 
Reaver or one of each Titan, uh, you can. Um, if you really want to get an order out, you have a two plus to get it out. Uh, and you and it doesn't hurt your command checks. Like it doesn't say, oh, you got to do a different command check minus two. No, just take a normal command check as normal, uh, and you ignore modifiers. I like this one. I have literally this no is another nice forgiving one because yes. yeah, whatever order you need, you have access to easily. So if oh, you so know, okay. oh shit, I need emergency repair or I'm screwed or I better get that first fire to get the win here. You do it. As long as you don't roll a one, you get it. It's very, very nice to have that availability. The range of Titans means you have play in all levels of the field. Maybe not so much in melee, because the Reaver's the optional component, but like you get to do a lot of stuff with it. I like this one as in like literally, it's the other it's literally a variant of the Axiom Maniple in the fluff of it. It's it's a nice one. And it's a nice, easy one as well. If you're new to the game, all you have to figure out the one order you like. What order do you want to? What order do you think is going to be the cool order that you're going to need this turn? Yeah, everyone's a two up then. Go for it. You know, yeah, some of these so other it's... ones you really have to put thought into them. You don't have to put that much thought into this one. It's like you could pick whether you want to be a Perpetua or a Fortis or a Myrmidon, as you need, almost. Yeah. Just without like the extreme end of the box. Yeah. All right, that gets us. That gets us to the last one. The very last one. Traders only. Loyalists. I'm sorry, you can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> sorry. Well, not, not even no, no, traders. Yet. It has to be Legio Ard uh, Audax. It's only Legio Audax. Yeah. There's only one Legio that gets this. So this is a little special bonus for you. Does anybody really love this manifold? I've honestly, really I don't play Legio Audax. I've never read the I thing. Don't play Legio Audax. And this thing is. Am I the a, only one that knows this? Probably. There's a lot of words. I've never heard of this. There that's the problem. That's why I haven't read it before. There's so much. I, I, if you I know Gene Steeler Colts in 40K, this yeah. turns your army into Gene Steeler Colts. So, being Legio Audax, mentor components are three Warhound Titans. The optional components are, shockingly, two Warhound Titans. This is because Audax can only have Titans of scale 7 or less. Their trait is Pack Ambush. And it's like Manacles can only include Audax, Light Titan, um, Audax Titans. Surprise, surprise. So, you don't deploy normally. Instead, what you do is you place blips. One blip per Titan you have. And you're on the battlefield more than six inches from the enemy deployment zone. And they count as deployed on when this happens for first turn. So you're going to get first turn on the D10. Um, but after both players have finished deploying, um, the Titans for the Manifold are deployed anywhere within three inches of the marker. Sorry, of a marker. Which means you could have two titans um, off of one marker. Or all your titans off one marker. And it's within, not wholly within. So yeah. you just have to get the edge of your base to be within range of that marker. So you could fit quite a few. Um, yep. However, you must be at least 50% obscured from any enemy unit within line of sight of the titan. If you can't do this... You go into the normal deployment zone. Yeah, if you're yeah if you're outside your deployment zone, yeah, if you can't be obscured, uh, mm -hmm. and if you can't fit, 
within that three inches, you go to your own deployment zone. Right. So what this maniple does is it's very dependent on the terrain you're playing. Yeah. You'd if be you able to get at least have a few. Heavy line of sight blocking. Yeah. You're gonna struggle. Um, I watched someone try out this maniple that just got completely denied because their opponent had lots of small. I think they had a bunch of knights in the list. And the knights were able to draw a line of sight around all the nearby buildings. And it forced the guy all the way back to his own deployment zone because he was too aggressive with his ambush markers. The, um, it's very terrain dependent. This one but feels... The ability to drop Warhounds six inches away is huge. Yeah, This one to me feels like if, if, if you're running Audax and you want to run this mana pull, you know, you have a discussion with your opponent and say, like, to run this, like, we're going to need good terrain. If for some reason maybe you don't use a lot of a lot of line of sight blocking terrain or if terrain's usually something lighter on your table, same thing, like, if someone's going to run a knight army, you get you throw extra terrain on to help them out to make it a more fun game for both sides. You do the same thing here. You want to make sure, like, not that they can put everything six inches away, but they should have a chance. And you should have to say, ooh, they could probably get over there. Maybe I need to be over here instead, like... You know, make sure it it's fair for them to be able to use their abilities. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that is neat. I I do like it. I don't run that legio, and I even if I wanted to just count as I don't have enough uh, warhounds for all that. But I do like it. I do think it's neat. But all right, that well, that we probably would have made it through the whole thing without the news. The new stuff was like yeah. 40 minutes. It's so. probably worth splitting this into two separate like demi episodes just so people could get what they want to get. Because yeah. otherwise Agreed. it's what? Three hours long? Ugh. Yeah, uh, about that. But hey, you know, we'll, uh, it, we can always do long recordings and I can always cut them. But either way. All right, um, we'll, we'll close it out here. So, uh, as always, I do want to thank anyone for watching, listening, in any way that you do this. Remember, we put this out on whatever your favorite podcatcher is, and also put this onto our YouTube channel. It's uh, Train Kickers Podcast. Um, as always, want to thank and ask for you know any feedback, reviews, all that kind of stuff, likes, all that really helps uh, people be able to find us. As we go further along, what I'd like to, so I actually have off this week, my plan is to start figuring out to actually be able to start doing some um, recordings of actual games and all like that. It'll probably be a little rough at start in the start, but we'll try to get better as we go along with that. Um, if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, of course, you can leave it on the, um, the feed on the YouTube for this one, or feel free to reach out through email, trainkickersnj at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, on behalf of my co-hosts here, uh, have some good gaming.